The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I've got too much on my plate. Don't have no time to be a decent lover. I hope it isn't too late. Searching for the time that has gone so fast The time that I thought would last My ever-present past I've got too much on my mind I think of everything to be discovered I hope there's something to find Searching through the time that has gone so fast the time that I thought would last My ever-present past mm. The things I think I did I do, I think I did The things I think I did When I was a kid I couldn't understand the words that they were saying but still I hung around and took it all in I wouldn't join in with the games that they were playing It went by, it went by in a flash It flew by, it flew by in a Too much on my plate Don't have no time to be a decent lover I hope it's never too late Searching for the time that has come so fast The time that I thought would last My ever-present past Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I'm in a weird. It's a weird. I'm in a weird place tonight. I, I don't know. Um, let's do. Let's. Uh, yes, Alan. Hi, Mark. Yeah. I can't see you on YouTube. I'm seeing Hayley, but I can't see you. Well, that's because the camera's not pointing at me. That that in some way it indicates the, the weirdness of the show. I don't know what kind of show to do tonight, Alan. I don't know whether to do um the usual frothy. Um, madness, or do I do like you know, like an honest show where I kind of tell you that I'm feeling a bit shit? And here's the thing: no disrespect to James and Haley who are here, because Sam, God knows where Sam is, probably in drug rehab. He's a kid, and Kathy's off in a caravan. But um, and it's always lovely to have you guys, but on the other side of the screen. But um, 
I find it hard, Alan, to do like a proper honest show when it is not the team that I am most familiar with, i.e. Uh, Katerina Boyle and um, Sam, whatever his last name is. The A-team. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, that, it's, it's partly because Kathy's like my best mate, so she yeah. kind of knows, she knows all of my secrets anyway, right? Because she's my best mate, outside of being the dick that I work with. She's my best friend, so she knows everything, so I have no shame, you know, in saying stuff in front of her. Um, and Sam is, you know, is, is high on um, monkey spangles, or whatever it's called. So he, he doesn't even know what's going on. And a good report with the callers. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> so, and, and so having people here who are not, you know, my best mate and someone who's high on drugs. Um, Sam's not high on drugs. That's, that's me trying to do a joke and it's, it's kind of falling flat. Um, but so having people here who are not the, the, you know, who are not the people that I'm used to working with, one of whom is my best mate. Kind of makes me feel doing one of those. Hey, this, this was going on, guys. This is a confessional. I'm feeling loud. You know, doing one of the kind of those kind of shows is a little bit harder to do. Oh, yes. We can have three hours straight to air. I'll get stuffed. Bo- got- boring. Really, experience. Yeah, well, th- well, thanks, air. thanks for listening to what I was just saying, Alan. Jesus, thanks, thanks for listening to the words I was saying. Hey, Zach. Hey. Hey man, what you got? I've also had a bit of a SHIT day. Okay, let's let's um let's see what's happened to you, man. Well, I just feel like the world's broken as it is, oh. but like today is just like there. Okay. Well, why? Well, again, you you've just reiterated what you originally told me. Can we can we zoom in a little bit on the picture now and get some specifics? Yeah, but <laughs> just why does why does the world have to be so broken that things Again, there's that's no we're still we're still in the we're still in the wide shot we're, we're still in the wide shot we're in the opening shot we need to we need to now cut to the shot that's significantly closer so we can start to make out some of the characters otherwise this movie isn't going to make any sense a lot of things have happened today that are just ridiculous again um, we're okay we're, we're still in the wide shot get for example for example, what happened at Westminster this morning? No, here's the thing, right? First of all, did, any, did anyone die at Westminster? No one died, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing I think about Westminster. The Westminster thing is good news. Let me tell you why. And this is not in any way to make light of, of the... I know some people were injured, right? Some people were injured, so I'm not in any way making light of, of what happened to them. I don't know the... Um, gravity of their injuries uh uh i hope they're not too seriously injured and you know and of course that must be very traumatic for for them and for their family so please for one second do not think i when i say it is a good thing that happened today or the the thing that happened in westminster today can be looked at in a positive way that's a slightly better way of phrasing it right and i'll tell you why zach because these terrorists right these idiots they spend years planning these attacks years some of them go off to pakistani or afghanistan training camps they 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 download videos they spend hours praying to get guidance on how to do this and they and they spend years right years Mm. the guy drove a car into some cyclists didn't kill any of them then smashed into a barrier that guy's a dick that guy's an idiot yeah, of the yeah, highest yeah, order. Yeah. If I if I got in my car now 
I could kill more people than that guy did. And he spent years planning that. So do you know what? When I, t- I got up late today and I heard that there'd been a thing in Westminster and my heart sank and I was thinking, oh man, how many more dead? How many more with life? Oh, no one died. And and, and, it, and he, he smashed into a barrier and then the police arrested him. If that's what we're up against, we should be dancing and celebrating. Yeah. They're yeah, idiots. Zach, they're idiots. Honestly, you, 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 if you, if I gave you the keys to my car, you could go do more damage than that twit censored himself there than that twit did yeah. today so you know my love and my respect and my heart goes out to those that are injured in their families it must and every you know that g- group of cyclists it must have been horrific but yeah. if this is what we're up against it it's hardly you know it's hardly great minds of war is it yeah but also, i bet these guys i, I bet these it. guys get get um they spawn in call of duty and get shot instantly that's how stupid that's what we're up against yeah, but when I when I heard about it, I was on my train into central London, uh, yeah. stopping at Embankment right next to Westminster. Right, did you go out and have a look? <laughs> so, no, I'm not saying that flippantly. Did you get the curiosity, you know, people. Yeah. So many people are going to misinterpret what I'm saying tonight, but you know what? I don't care. Um, yeah. Did you, you get out and have a look? Because I think it's it's um, a, a human reaction to want to see the sight of of something you know horrific that has happened. Yeah. So I, in the early hours of the morning, went to London by train, and then, or halfway through on the train, I realised that this has happened. But I didn't stop. I just still went, which is just confusing because. I feel like these kind of things are, you know, the bad situations, but there's still a thing in your mind that tells you, I want to see what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But so, yeah, right, so, yeah. right, so we've got one thing, you said, right, one thing bad that has happened today, but actually it's not so bad because yeah. it proves that the enemy are absolute um, dickweeds who can't even smash a car and kill people. That's how stupid these are. So, what was the next thing that happened today that was bad? Nothing. Well, I bet that was it. That, well, earlier, 30 people died. 30, more than 30 people died on a bridge in Italy. That wasn't just now. That was earlier. That was earlier. Well, why? Okay, and that's horrific. But why are you focusing on the negative, man? Well, I just started BBC News at 10, and it's all negative. Don't. Really. What? What are you watching the news for? You should be watching rhubarb and custard, and the perishers, and um. Um, Horrid Henry, that's what you should be watching. Don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. The news isn't for um, for humans. Yeah, yeah, you're the right. news is not meant to be watched by humans. Don't watch because the news is thirty minutes of the worst that's happening in the world today. That's what they should call it. The thirty minutes of the worst that's happening in the world today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Need to play some Fortnite. Go and play some Fortnite and do what you're supposed to do, for goodness sakes. The news is just 30 minutes of the worst that's happened in the world today. Hey, Jerry. Madonna's 16 cheesy star. Go on, say it again, man. I'm struggling to hear you. Madonna's 16 cheesy star. Madonna's 16 cheesy star. Madonna is 60 in two days' time. Yeah. Why are you giving me... what And, and what relevance... Does this information have to my life? They're saying, what's the guy doing the antigen from the window? He's the guy next to the antigen from the window. I speak in Welsh, I don't know. I just 
phone down. I'm going to game me down. Game me down. I'm being able to speak properly. It's really game me down. I'm struggling to understand you tonight, Jerry, mate. I'm sorry. I know, it's getting me down. It's getting me down. What's getting you down? Not being communicating. Not being able to communicate. It's probably stressing me out. Because I can't. I'm communicating, no one can understand me. It's getting me out. What's I don't hang on, man. Calm down, because I can't. I'm struggling to understand you tonight. What's doing your heading? I'm not getting a word of it tonight, Jay. I'm sorry, man. Maybe it's maybe it's because I'm in a pissy mood that perhaps it's I'm putting up, or maybe it's because you're not particularly well. But I, I think it could be a combination of the both. I'm, I feel terrible, Jerry. I can't understand you tonight, brother. I know, but I, I don't know what I know what's going on. I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know. It's probably me. That's a good job. I change your chance, but you can't understand me. It's Jimmy. It's Jimmy, because I look forward to Every night, I get can't understand. Hate you. I'm so hate you. 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 I wish there were Oh, me too, brother. I wish there were Me too. Let's, let's, let's spark up that bong. Let's get yes. some monkey spangles going. Yes. Please. Please. Jerry, I'm going to say something that is going to break my heart. Well, I take care. And I'm going to... And I, uh, but, but I don't take you personally. I don't, I don't take I'm going to... Uh, uh, listen, man, I can't understand you tonight, man, and I'm going to let I'm going to let you go. Look after yourself. But I love you as a brother, and it breaks my heart that you've been dealt such a crappy set of cards. Look after yourself. You look after yourself. Thank you, Jerry. Give us a call tomorrow, man, and yeah. hopefully put some ice down your pants. Yeah. Yeah. That might cool you. Ice around your yeah. testicles. Well, ice around your testicles will cool yeah. you down. No end. Yeah. Thank you. Sir. And who knows? With the Parkinson's, maybe there'll be a. You know, you might end up having a fun time. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. All right, man. Up, up your bum, Jerry. Up your bum. Yeah, up your bum. 
Um, 03444991000. This is Talk Radio. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Uh, uh, you notice how nobody's responded to the thing I was saying at the top of the show? I do wonder if, is anyone listening? Are they just coming on to do their party pieces? Let's, uh, let's see. Good evening, Keith. Hello, Ian. Hello, Keith. Whatever it is you're listening to in the background, could you be decent enough to turn it off? Yes, of course I will. Thank you, Keith. What are you listening to? Not this show, is uh, it? Um, no, I was actually uh, listening to the... Uh, TV, but uh, I'm just turning. So why are you phoning? Now. So why are you phoning this show if you're not listening to it? Uh, well, I've had a couple of friends who've asked me to call you tonight. Right. And, and you, you didn't. You, you didn't decide to listen to the show. You just thought you'd phone in and do your party piece. Okay. Yeah. Right. Great. Yeah. Because because that's not rude. Bit, yes. Yeah, that's not rude, is it? No, it's not rude, Ian. No. To, to, to phone up a radio show that you're not even listening to? Uh, well, I haven't got a radio at, at the moment. Okay. Um, and, and how old are you, Keith? I'm 64. And what year were you born? 1954. Well done. Congratulations. You're through to the next round. What is it you want? Well, I'd like to do an impression, and um, I'd like to... Um, uh, put a shout out for Cheeseman and OMB. Okay. Well, I don't get what this is supposed to be. Well, because it's certainly I not. Like... Let me tell you, it's certainly not entertaining or fun. Well, it will be when you hear me. What I'm going to uh, what... look forward to that, mate. Let's go to Jonathan. Good evening, Jonathan. How you doing, Ian? It's been a while. Oh, it's this prick. Do you know what, mate? No, thanks. Um, so. <laughs> That guy really is a pee. Uh, <laughs> let in the light um, and uh, ref- refu- reject the darkness. Let in the light, reject the darkness. That's what I'm thinking. Um, let's try James. Good evening, James. Hi, Ian. You're right. No. <laughs> Tell us. Everyone's thinking it, and you're getting the maniacs calling up. All the ma- well, here, uh, I don't know. Yes, I, I do. I do. I don't know if I want to do an honest show. I do want to do an honest show. If Kath were here, I'd do like a really honest show and just kind of set out um, the, the scene. And you know, who knows, James? There might even be a few tears tonight. But when it's you know, when it's it's James and it's Haley, and no, again, no disrespect to James and Haley, they're wonderful human beings. But I just. I just, I, I can't be as um, relaxed as, um, I, I feel lousy, man. I feel lousy. That's how I feel. I feel That's lousy. Okay, it's just, it, I just called up, and I normally call up much later, because yeah, everyone's you... calling up, except Jerry, probably, but everyone's calling up, and just being weird and not asking you how you are but that's and also that's not why i'm doing it i was disappointed that alan obviously wasn't listening to a single word that i said and was just waiting for a gap so that he could launch into his whatever it was he'd prepared for tonight's show um and that jonathan guy phoning up is the one that uh, is is drunk and thinks that he made me and it's just it's just not there's so much darkness so much darkness from uh from him and um 
so oh i don't know i can i can i tell you this i can tell you this james i've met you okay. i know you're you're a, you're a good looking guy you're a, you're a strong guy you're a powerful guy you're a buff guy when we've hugged i've felt i've felt those muscles <laughs> you you work out oh man i love you man you work out brother hang on a second let's we're gonna just open we're just gonna open the window for a second james and just allow in a little bit of darkness just a little bit of darkness just to prove to you that i'm not paranoid yes jonathan okay. Hello? Hello, Jonathan, you're on the air. Oh, you've done it again. No, no, come on, it's full circle of character. Okay. What would no, you... we've been talking for a while, haven't we? What would you like to say, Jonathan? No, I just want to see how my mates, old Ian Lee, you know, watch old life. Been on TV, in the house, no, sorry, the jungle. The house is next, isn't it? Um... But I'm just hoping that you're good. But I'm just, just a bit disappointed with the amount of weirdos that you got on this uh, show tonight. There's some guy who obviously had mental health problems, and you just, like, really destroyed him, but a little bit. Which, which guy was that, Jonathan? Uh, about five minutes ago, live on air. What was he called, Jonathan? Here comes the no, darkness. The we're gonna we're on. gonna shut the window soon. What was no, he talking? No, 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 what no, was he? Yes, 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 yes. What was he talking about? What was he talking about? What was he talking about? Like you know, it just sounds like a poor man's Howard Stern at the end of the there day. There we go. Know? There's the darkness. Well, Thanks for your more. call. Thanks for your call, Jonathan. And shut the window. Uh, attract the light. Reject the darkness. There you go. Just to let everyone know, I'm not paranoid. That guy. Hey, coming up next, we have got John, and then we've got Paul. Um, that guy will be phoning for the next hour or so. Um, do you still have me? I've still got you. Hey, I got you, James. He goes calling in again. He keeps calling in. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me, but he listens all the time. I suspect he's masturbating. I know I am. Um, so anyway, James, do you know what? I just sank. Right, I tell you what. I tell you exactly what happened. Right. So, you know, I got this record label, right, where I just mm-hmm. release monkeys stuff, right? All we do is release monkeys stuff. And we've been doing it for about four years. And we've got an Imani Coppola thing coming out. And we've got this Nesmith album coming out. And it's like, a, it's a joy. It's been a joy to do. But in the last six months, it's actually it's stopped being a joy. And it started being quite hard work. And it, we don't make any money from it. And we put, you know, a lot of effort into it. And um it's cost me a fortune and this last release this nesmith release has cost me and my mate glenn fifteen thousand pounds you know and we'll, we'll hopefully hopefully we'll make that back you know that's what the plan is to always yeah. is to try and break even okay and, and so far we've either broke broken even or made a little profit and i think we'll break even it's a labor of love it's a labor of love and it's beautiful and, and my mate scott designs the covers and they are beautiful and this this nesmith album live at the troubadour it is a work of art the cover is stunning it's a work of art and then someone reaches out to me in america and says we'd like to make t-shirts of the design and i said okay well i'll have to speak to scott because he's a t-shirt designer it's his artwork, uh, but I know that he can't sell T-shirts in America for insurance purposes. So I'll reach out. So I spoke to Scott, and Scott said, "Yeah, if you just get me, you know, two dollars fifty a shirt." And I'll bet. Okay. So I went back to the person and said, "Yeah, okay, we're in. This is all good." And then I get a message uh, from that person saying, "Oh, I see you've given the, you've, you've you've gone behind my back and done a deal with someone else." I'm like, "What?" Hey. And so someone who works for Michael Nesmith is selling the t-shirt of this album cover and i go and i don't know what's happened man so i've gone to my business partner glenn who's the brains 
And I said, Glenn, why, how is, how are they selling this? Have they got the rights to sell this? He says, no, they haven't. We'll send them an email. We'll stop them. So he sends an email. Then an email comes back saying, and get this, James, it says, oh no, we have got the rights. Ian gave them to us. No. And I'm thinking, what the heck? And I start panicking. And then an e- they, then the email comes back where I gave them the rights. And here's the thing. The last two years living in that, flat room it's a room right has rotted my brain okay it's completely rotted my brain to the point where any creativity and any functioning awareness of what is going on around me has uh, has just completely gone right and and this divorce is coming to a head and it's the most stressful thing and i'm not talking to my wife and we, when you know it's horrendous right and i miss my boys and all of this so an email comes in a few weeks ago saying hey ian working with nez can i just check uh, do we have the rights to use that cover for publicity and merch and i just without even really knowing what that meant went yeah of course you do man go for it so being that, obliging. that yeah. me being obliging so that is me giving over the rights to what is actually scott's artwork he should have owned oh, the copyright no. to it and i've given it so i've got i've now annoyed people in america because um i've said to someone they could have the rights when when they couldn't and i've i've said to someone they could have the rights when i don't remember saying it but i did so they're they're all annoyed i've up scott is brilliant about it but he's he's upset because i gave away his his copyright gave it away like an idiot and and he's he's cool because he's a good friend and i gave him some money you know because he would have made some money from t-shirts i've given him some money so that side is covered but he's gutted because he's a t-shirt maker and someone else is making a t-shirt of his design so he's up you know he's an artist and he's upset and i totally get it so i feel and i'm starting to well up now james so i feel i've let down like one of my best friends i've annoyed people in america um uh, one of the reasons I was doing this record label was so that I might get a little bit of respect from, uh, didn't this sound silly, from the monkeys, but they they don't give a shit. So I, I've just messaged my friend Glenn and said, you know what, Glenn, I, I'm done, man. This has stopped being fun. This has stopped being fun, and it's I'm finding it stressful, and I'm making decisions that I don't I don't know the consequences of these decisions, and I'm letting friends down, and people are slagging me off online, and uh, and I'm out, and and I just feel terrible, Joe. I feel terrible. And yeah. I went and had a little cry in the toilets before the show. And it's partly the emotional roller coaster of getting divorced. Is uh, here's the thing, man. Getting divorced is so much uh, is so much more painful and harder then you could you know you read in the paper such and such pop star got divorced from such and such an actor and these two actors got divorced and that such a, this model had a quickie divorce and you go oh, this is divorce oh, yeah, get, get over it but man alive it is the most um it's not it's not an entertainment article it's not something that you can just it isn't. expose and be read over in a minute and then go on to the next one it isn't it's it's People. it's the the it, i feel like a failure this is it this is the first time I've been able to put this into words. I feel like a failure, man. I failed uh, um, 
I failed at uh, being a husband. I failed at being a husband. So this record label stuff is just is just like someone squeezing a spot and it's allowing all this stuff out. This is what it is. I failed at being a husband and it sucks, man. And it really, really sucks. And I've set a terrible example to my kids of what being a man and being a father and being a husband is. I've let my wife down. I've let her pet. I've, I've failed, James. And that's a big failure. And now I've got this lovely farm uh farmstead that i'm living on and it's beautiful and it it's it gives me plenty of time to sit on my own and realize that i failed that's what it is i failed man and it hurts ian you've got those two boys out of it yeah you're not i'm not going to say anything you haven't heard already no and don't because it's going to make me cry and i don't want to cry on the radio tonight because we've already sent in our awards tape so there's no point in me blubbing tonight because i ain't gonna get me no awards that's the only reason we cry on the radio is to get awards normally i call up Ian and then i do some sound effects or a joke or something but i'm in a pretty crappy place hey what's happening with you brother oh my dad my dad's an alcoholic basically so he's been increasingly increasingly spiraling down this kind of suicidal route and it's more complicated than than i can even explain on air but recently he's been self-harming um tried to take his life twice in a month no one's giving me the help i want in terms of help for him in you know support for him i've tried to get him sectioned no one wants to help because he's intoxicated all the time. <clears throat> yeah. I went to Manchester for two days and I got a text from his friend saying he was about to jump off the off the pub building. So I'm in a pretty low place at the moment. So he's he has been sectioned after that, luckily. Well, good. good. And I don't well to, done. You know, I don't want to give away too much, but it's just, you know, when you think it's almost like I felt I felt as a son because he doesn't want to see me see me pro- progress as a, as a person so it's like it's, it's, it's a similar state of mind although it's different have you, know? you um have you tried have you been to al-anon or spoken to anyone at al-anon no i didn't realize it was for, for families well no well, this people. is the, well, this is the thing right and it's not for yeah. everyone, not everyone's cup of tea but i i do know a lot of people that have had a lot of um uh relief from it so uh, alcoholics anonymous is for the boozers but then there's a different group called al-anon which is, um, here we go, uh, Al-Anon family groups provide support to anyone whose life is or has been affected by someone else's drinking, regardless of whether that person is still drinking or not. For some of our members, the wounds still run deep, even if their loved one may no longer be a part of their lives uh, or have died. So basically what it is from what I can gather is that it's, done, it's structured in exactly the same way as an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. You'll sit in a circle and you kind of go, yeah, my name is uh, my name's Steve. And um, my son is an alcoholic and I don't know how to do, deal with it. And you just kind of share your stories. Now, it might not be for you, James. I don't know what you are, but, you, you know, how, how you are in terms of therapy. And it's not therapy, but in terms of groups and talking to people and support groups and stuff like that. But uh, not many people know about Al-Anon. And no. it does, it is strict. It's not, it's not about getting that person sober at all because you can't get them sober. They no need one, to want to. They yeah. need to. No, no one could get me sober. It was me when when I had my relapse a little while ago, a few months ago. It was um, and I told Kath about it, and I told my therapist, and I told my friends in in some friends in recovery. They couldn't do it. I. It was me that had to go. You know, I put them in a terrible position. Uh, but it was me that had to go. Do you know what? This mm-hmm. sucks. I need to. I need to go and do the work. 
So it's the the meetings aren't that Al Anon aren't about you coming up with a plan to help your dad. It's about you and how it impacts you and what you can do to protect yourself. Because you get in right? a phone call saying your dad's on a roof, he's going to jump off. Well, so what? So what? So what are you going to do? Well, you can't do anything, and that's yeah. not fair. Um, that's not fair on you that's that's his pain mm-hmm. that he's reaching up to manchester to and hitting you over the head with yeah that's his that guilt that you felt i bet you felt guilty when you got that phone call yeah yeah there's nothing i could do even yeah. though that guilt is his do. man that's yeah. his guilt this is what alcoholics and drug addicts are brilliant at doing i know because i did it we are brilliant at p- projecting our guilt and our shame and our self-loathing on the people that love us so that guilt and that shame and that self-loathing you felt when you got a phone call saying your dad was 200 miles away about to jump off a pub that was his guilt man that all belonged to him yeah and he brilliantly get passed some of it on to you it's a good point Thank you so much, but I didn't. I didn't mean to hog the spotlight there. There's, but there's I was no just spotlight, man. There's no spotlight. I, 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 I suggest, uh, you know, uh, Google Alanon. Have a look at their website. It's not for you. It's not for you, man. But I, I suspect they might be able to give you a little bit of comfort. Yeah, but that's why I was in a dark place. I thought you sounded like you're in a dark place. Let's let's be miserable together. Hang on a minute. Let's let's do. We can't. Let's let's um. Let me let's cheer up the mood a bit. No, that's not it. <laughs> there we go. You got you got a shaggy pony out of it, James. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Whispering lunar incantations for cross parents. Um. Cross dressers. Yeah, did you know this about me? And cross rail workers. Steel and polycarbonate. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I've, I've got a very poor internet connection. On Talk Radio. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand is the phone number. Let's go to John. Hello, John. Hi, Ian. How are you? Oh, I just always seem to call you on a, on a night when all the silly people call. So and you, and you don't include don't yourself why. in that list of silly people, do you? Um, usually not. No. Okay. Well, I, I, this is the thing: the you idiots would. that call in never consider yeah. themselves to be part of the idiots that call in. That's, you, so just just think about that for a bit. Chew on that. Yeah, I will. Didn't listen. Will. Didn't hear it. Didn't hear and, it. Uh, he's not listening. He's he's not listening. He's phoned up to do his party piece. Okay. All right. There. For, forgive listening. me for forgive me for talking on my show. I'll be quiet, John. You do your little piece, and 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 and, and then we'll carry on. Okay. Okay. Now the the average age listening and saying about all the problems that they're going through is about fifty four. Um. There's not a lot of young people that have got probably better things to do. 30, 40-year-olds. Okay, uh, um, we're 20 seconds in and I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. I was just laughing because I, someone's just tweeted, right? Hugh Simpson has tweeted. I really don't know. It follows me. Tweets me quite a bit. I really don't know how people listen to this show. I find it really depressing. It's a bit like listening to your nan complaining about her aches and illnesses. So I've retweeted it with F off then, you snowflake. No, and no, it's no, been, no. It's you're been, genuine. Please be quiet. I like please be quiet. Uh, please be quiet. Complaint. Please be quiet. And um, that tweet of me telling him to F off has been liked by um, Jeremy Vine. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy. Right, right, John, uh, back to your party piece that we're all dying yeah, to no. hear. No, um, I'm very upset that uh, you're upset and it comes across uh, through the radio. And uh, the reason why I'm upset 
is because I like you, not that I know you, not any personal, but uh, that's why I like to listen to you. You don't offer very much, but you offer like I don't, personal... I don't offer very much? No, in terms of content. You, you just offer a personality. <laughs> this is supposed to make me are. feel better? No, I don't no. offer very much? You oh. don't offer very much in terms of content, but you're getting paid to be like a shark chuck something like that. Okay, I'll be a shock jock right now, John. Why don't you shove your phone right up your jack seat? Let's go to CJ. Good evening, CJ. Yeah, I, I like the fact <laughs> that I'm brought in to a phone being shut up a jack seat. <laughs> Did he call me a shark jock? Moment, isn't it? But how's that supposed to make you feel better? You don't provide very much, but I, I listen to you. Okay, man. <laughs> well, it, unfortunately, you get a lot of people that see the number hang on just, just be quiet for a second cj what's that vibrating noise or as i should say what's that vibrating noise mm. is it mm. you sat on one sorry about that dirty boy no forgive me dirty boy forgiven forgiven dirty <laughs> boy good lad cj I, I, I rang up and i had nothing to ring about oh what are we going to do, CJ? What is it What is it all about and what are we going to do? There's two questions there for you that I think you know the answer to and I'm, I want you to tell me. What is it all about is number one and number two is what are we going to do? Uh, my solutions always involve getting naked and running around places. Oh. They don't work out for anyone. No. I, I, I'm even embarrassed to be naked in my new farmstead. Because um, people can see me from neighbour... The farmhands can see me. Yeah, but then, then, then in your head, you're, you're, you're imagining these farmhands have got telescopes looking in on your tiny penis. So, they don't need you know. telescopes! Hey, here's the thing. Here's something that happened today, right? So I had to take my car in for an MOT last week, and I took my um, scooter in for an MOT this week, right? And I took them to different garages, but nearby. And um, it was like on like a sort of trading estate. And um, there was like a little calf, or quite a big calf actually, nearby. So both times I went in to have a little bit of breakfast. And it was really nice, very very friendly staff. Are you the bloke from the... Jo- yes, I am. What are you doing here? Oh, I'm getting me MOT. Oh, lovely. And then today, <laughs> oh, you're back again. Yeah, I'm back. Would you like a loyalty Would you like a loyalty card? I went, well, this is the second time I'm here. Do you know what? Yes, I will have a loyalty card. But you so, say how politeness. Well, I did. So she stamped it twice, and it, and it's great. And today I have. They did poached eggs, CJ. Not everywhere does. Not everywhere has got the skill set or the time to do poached eggs. And I'm a sucker for poached eggs. So I had poached eggs and beans on toast, and it was perfect, right? And then um, I hope you're enjoying yourself there. And then um, I went to the toilet. This was about two o'clock because I hadn't had my. Um, we're going to go below the, the the waistline for a few minutes, dear listener. I hadn't had my morning ablutions, so I went to use their toilet, and I thought I could get away with just doing a pee. And once I was in there, I thought, do you know what? If I if I, don't, if I don't sit down, I, I could be in trouble. So I sat down and did what I had to do, did what any man would do. I did a John Wayne, okay? And then, um, and then I got up, and I flushed it, but it was a, it was a tricky flush. So I missed I missed the flush. So the water came through, but it didn't flush because I, I I missed the flush. Okay, I'm like, oh man. So this is everything is still there. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to wait for the cistern to refill, 
and then I'm going to have to flush it again. I, I thought, okay, I, I, I'll do that. I can't leave that there. So I waited about 45 seconds for the system to feel, fill. And then I went for another flush. I flushed too soon. I missed the flush. So it didn't flush. I'm there, so I'm there going, oh, geez. So then I'm thinking, right, I, I'm taking the top off of the cistern to see if there is any way I can speed up the filling of the, the tank, right? So that, cause I, th- I can't stay in here for much longer because they're going to think um, something dodgy is going on. <laughs> so I couldn't fill up the, the, the system quicker. So I put the thing on and I waited about two minutes. I went to flush the toilet. It still wasn't full up. I missed the flush. I thought, oh, God. So there's a, there's a bowl in there full of my faecal matter. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Life is too short. So I got out, picked up my, put my coat on, Picked up my bag and my crash oh, helmet, and I left it. <laughs> I can never, Brilliant. I can never go back to that calf again, even though they do great poachies. Oh, you can. No, I can't because I'll because yeah, th- th- now the next bloke will have gone in and gone. Yeah, you know that bloke right from the jungle. Well, as I well as being right? as Ooh. well as being a strawberry thief, <laughs> he's a shit and runner. So I can't go back. This is going to be on in the mail online because they they write a lot of old crap. Mm. Um, this is this has ruined my career and ruined my. Uh, so so this is tonight's phone in is places you can't go back to. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable scenes, CJ. I, I did bring in for something. Yes. Um, and it's uh, something. In, uh, it's a sad thing. And it's, it's, a, it's a genuine sad thing. Okay, could you turn the vibrator off while you told us the genuine sad thing? I mean, unbelievable, Un- unbelievable. <laughs> but um, I had I had a friend of mine uh, recently that that decided to I know here's the best solution to my life. I'm going to go and hang myself. Oh man, I'm sorry, yeah. buddy. Ah, jeez. And it, it, does this make any sense to you? But this is what I've been doing for the last uh, two weeks. I've just been going, all right, fair enough. Yay, whatever, it's cool. Um, does it make any sense to me? No, but then what, why should that make, you know, why should that make any sense? To, so you're saying that you feel nothing as a, instead of sadness? Or, or what, what are you saying? I feel like, um, it's like, it's like, it's like I've closed a door. Because I can hear the sadness in your voice, CJ. Really? <laughs> I can hear. I can hear that you want to cry, can't I? I can hear that. Mm. I think I can hear that. I hope I'm not overstepping my no, mark no, by no. saying that. Yeah, I can that, hear you. That, is, that is remarkable. What's the word for it? Ian? Um... Psychic. I'm this is, I'm Christian Dior. <laughs> I'm the psychic from Harry Hughes show. You've been through a rough time, CJ. But let me tell you, in the next seven years, it's certainly going to pick up. I see you travelling to a foreign country. Mary loves Dick. Mary loves Dick. <laughs> Mary loves Dick. Um, <laughs> am I not overstepping the mark? I can. I think. I think people can hear that in your voice, man. Maybe, maybe, but it, I mean, what, what I've tried to do is I've sort of tried to just go, hey, hello, everyone, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah. But, you know, when you do that through social media, maybe people don't quite, you know, people don't see that, do they? You know, you don't get vocal tones, do you, when you're on social media? No, social media is, what is it these days, 280 characters on Twitter and, and a picture yeah, of your exactly. lunch on Facebook. That, that doesn't... Exactly. That's not... Here's the thing, guys. Social media, electronic communication is not real communication. Even this... 
to a certain extent is is not real communication. But unless uh, go on, mine's better. But at least we <laughs> at least we're using our voices, so intonation can be picked up on, and uh, nuance and subtleties and sarcasm and irony and humour and aggression. These can be picked up on. We're not got our faces involved, but you know. Um, this That's is ironic, more exactly it's Facebook. Exactly, but this is more real than you know, t- 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 social media, Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp, these th- Instagram, these things they're not real communication, man, and and it, we're screwed because there is a whole generation of people growing up now that think that sending out a tweet is communication, that sending a, a text with emojis and no words is communication. It ain't, man. It there's, ain't. There's, there's an irony to this, actually. And and I know you're not um, big on Star Trek: Next Generation because you saw the first series. <laughs> I saw the first episode where it was all Shakespearean people. Oh, it got better. Yeah, got better. But um, in, into the like the third or fourth series, they introduced um, the Borg, and they are pretty much what social media has turned into. It's it's pretty much where we're at now, and that was Gene Roddenberry going, "Oh, this is where we're going up." Yeah. So, hang on, you're saying I'm like Gene Rodenberry? I'd say you're more like, um, going back to, what's the chap that did uh, War of the Worlds? Um, oh, the, um, the, um, uh, Jeff Wayne. <laughs> made myself no, laugh No, not Jeff Wayne, that was brilliant. That was great, War, was War of the Worlds. I don't know. No, I... When you got his face on the bloody screen going, ah, oh, how cool is that? What's his face? The one that, uh, huh? Tom what? Cruise. No, not Tom. Orson Welles. Orson Welles doing the intro, uh, and then uh, the oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant piece of music. Okay. Absolutely fantastic. I, I'm going to cut you off now because I don't know what you're talking about. You're bad. Bye. Um, oh, look, it says here Steve has a potential to be a bit racist. Let's see where this goes. Hello, Steve. You know, I'm not racist, Ian. I'm left wing. You're the right wing. Am I? Well, that's how you made it sound the last time I talked to you. Okay. What, what have you got uh, for us tonight, Steve? What I'd like to talk about is something meaningful uh, for a change, because I've never loaded so much toshing in my life. So you, I don't know if you, did you listen to the last call? Yeah. Guy talking about his mate who killed himself? That guy talking about it, someone who killed himself, that wasn't real enough for you? Well... It, was that a load of old tosh? Well, you, it, you liberal lefty. The liberal lefty. That was a load of old tosh bloke talking about a mate who took his own life. Real. That wasn't real, real enough for Steve! It was not real enough! He wants to get real because he's a liberal lefty! It sounded as real as the so-called terror attack today by oh. MI5. Oh, Steve, you're a prick. No, you're a prick. No, you're a prick. That's all you talk about, by the way. You're a pedo. Pedophile. There we go. Come on, Steve. Let's have it. So, so um, the terrorist attack. I bet you some things about you somewhere in there. Go on. Let's have that's it. All you talk about sex and paedophilia on your show. Okay. Come on. Let's let's have it, Steve. I'm I'm sitting back. I'm yeah. enjoying this. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. You're a bit bit weird, aren't you? You're either frustrated, you don't get enough, or you've got some weird weird kind of uh, fetishes going on. Because you're it, always and it's, and it's kids. It's kids. It's kids. Is it? It's kids. Is my fetish? Is it? Well, could be anything. Well, you've said kids. You're so you, you, weird. You've libelled. You've libelled me, and you said kids. So, how are you going to get out of this well, one? 
You've libelled me well, on the you air. You libelled me last time, calling me uh, 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 an anti-Semite and a Zionist. And a, and a, you said, uh, if I remember correctly, by the way, if I, if I remember correctly, you said something anti-Semitic. Um, but you're calling me no, a pedophile. You're calling you me... Did. Focus on the Focus on the case in hand. You're, you're calling me a pedophile? Well, you're always on about strange things, aren't you? You're always mentioning sex. I like sex. I, li- I like sex. I do like sex. You've got me there. You get enough of it. You got never get enough of it. Going on about it. Never get enough doing. of it. Never get enough of it. I want more sex, and I yeah. like dirty sex as so well. With the right age, yeah. So I say that again, Stephen. So it's with the right age. Okay. So what age do you think I go for, Steve? Well, I'll run up to talk about this. I don't uh, care because you're not you're not going to stand a chance to get onto that point now because you've called me a paedophile. Well, I've just said it. So could you back up back that up with some evidence? Why do you keep going about sex on your radio show? Why do you call me a paedophile on my radio show? Why do you call me a Zionist or an anti-Zionist? Well, th- well, hang on a minute, mate. Why you've got you, you've, you, you, it was one or the other. You've, they're, they're both at different ends of the spectrum. You don't even remember which one it was. Why let's did focus, you mention the word focus, Zionism and, and Jews run the shop when I didn't laugh? Oh, I remember you. Okay, let's focus on let's yeah. focus on the libel of today, where you called me a paedophile. Um, so you like to listen to a you. show that's hosted by a nonce, do you? Wow, what does that say about you, Steve? No, it's, it's, it's about you because you twist things like. But you keep to listening to a show that is hosted. You're not going to get. A, you're, 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 you do not stand a chance in hell, Stephen. You do not stand a chance in hell in talking about the thing you phoned up to talk about. So you can either have this conversation. You can either have this conversation where we address my paedophilia issues, or you can hang up. Which do you? Which is it going to be, Stephen? You can. I didn't even hear that. What no, of course not, because you weren't listening, because you're a horrible, rude little man. You're a disgusting scumbag. Yeah, it says the man who cried, it says the boy that cried on that, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah, I showed I showed a different side of masculinity, which I'm very proud of, and I'm glad my boys saw it, yeah. Yeah, you're everything that's wrong with today's society. Well, I'm a paedophile, aren't I? Well, you must be, because you're always <laughs> going on about sex in underhand ways. In underhand ways? I love a little reach around, if that's what you're referring to. By the way, I'm so glad I was able to display in front of 15 million people a different side of masculinity, particularly after hearing that call from CJ about his friend who was unable to express his masculinity in a healthy way and took his own life. So, yeah, no, I'm glad to be part of the solution. Anyway, Steve. That was probably about as real as today's so-called terror attack. Uh, wow, so now you're, you're questioning that. Steve, do you know what? Um, we're going to put a little sign by your name saying you're not welcome uh, on this... sign by name. I won't ring Ian the twat anymore. Okay. Thanks very much. Please indeed. hang up. You, you can't even hang the phone Please up properly. Please hang up. He can't even hang the phone up properly. Let me just tell you. CJ, I'm really sorry, mate. That was horrific that he dragged your buddy into that. And I'm really, really sorry, man. You shouldn't have had uh, to hear that. And that was out uh, of order. I just want to have a go at him. Yeah, uh, he's, he's not listening. He thinks, he thinks I'm, I'm a paedophile, so... Um... So I'm sorry, mate. That was unfair. That was unfair of him to do that. Yes, 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 you, you've nothing to apologise for. That was, that was his... Uh, narrow-minded vision and to be, to be fair you know he's probably listening to your show waiting for a thing to jump into you know oh man this well this has been a very dark first hour cj i wonder if i got a feeling we might be able to make it even darker in the second hour you up for that <sighs> no i feel really sad that's all we're, we're going to take it darker in the second hour cj you've got to carry on listening <laughs> All right, okay. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. 
The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. something you might hear something and then i'm gonna stop it there we go uh memory almost full by paul mccartney from what about 2001 maybe even anyway it's a brilliant album so do you remember yeah oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number so you remember yesterday this story we did right at the end of the show can i just read a bit of this story this is in the mirror online teen has intimate relationship with creepy zombie doll and they're set to marry next month uh, felicity cadlec who has her doll's name tattooed on her arm showers the figure with kisses and dresses her in pink clothes a teenager says she and this 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 uh, story is in the papers so uh, it it must be true a teenager says she's set to marry a creepy zombie doll that she's fallen harder for than any of her past boyfriends. Felicity Cadlet claims she has an intimate relationship with the young female doll called Kelly, which is covered in fake blood and has a mangled face. The 19-year-old, who has Kelly's name tattooed on her arm, showers the disturbing figure with kisses and dresses her in pink clothes. The doll was gifted to Felicity when she was just 13 after finding it on a creepy doll collection website and the pair are now in love, the teen claims. 
creepydollcollectionwebsite.com. Felicity from the US state of Massachusetts says she plans to marry Kelly next month. The student said, I found Kelly on a creepydollcollectionwebsite.com and I was gifted her when I was 13. But it wasn't until I was 16 years old that I started to get feelings for her. But it was something I kept on trying to deny. I have had boyfriends in the past and always thought I was in love with them, but they never made me feel the way I do now. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand our relationship, but I am so confident that I'm in love with Kelly that I got her name tattooed on my arm. We have a normal, intimate relationship which is progressing in the normal way, and we are getting married in September. Despite having owned Kelly for over six... Well, anyway, there's no point in me reading um, this story about Felicity, uh, Felicity Cadlick um, in Massachusetts because we're going to go to Massachusetts now and speak to Felicity Cadlick. Good evening, Felicity. Hello. How are you doing, Felicity? Oh, I'm doing great. I, I just took Kelly to out for a ride, and I said, we feel great, yeah. So, um, uh, you, so you're... Having a, you're getting married to a zombie doll. Yes, and I have to be honest. When you call her disturbing and creepy, um, I always thought to myself, like, um, if a kid comes out deformed and they get picked on, and then they go home and kill themselves, everybody gets mad. But then they pick on a doll that looks, you know, deformed or whatever, and it's nothing. But if they turn around, like if Trump, the president, turned around and said, you know, no black dolls on the market. Everybody would be freaking out, even though it's just a doll. So I don't, think, I don't feel that she's disturbing. No, she's got she's got no lower jaw, has she? And her face is all pummeled in, and it's all black and bruised. So that is that's that's quite. Yeah. And it's not it's not. Yes, if I were to if if it were a black doll that you were in love with, and I were to say, well, that she's in love with a black doll, and that's crazy. Then yeah, of course. But but because that would be offensive to people of color. But I don't think I'm being particularly offensive to the zombie community by saying that doll. Well, I'm not talking about you i'm not talking about you i just mean people who you know like eh, maybe i shouldn't get into it again. i'm trying to no, get trying into to it get into it really you're, 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 honestly you won't you won't get a better audience than here i, tr- I trust me uh, uh, in terms of understanding so um uh, there's so much i want to ask wh- wh- why why is it not worked well first of all okay here we go here we go it says in this story that you've had boyfriends in the past and but yes. Kelly, am I right that Kelly is a is a girl doll? Yes. So does that are you? And if this is an inappropriate question, then please tell me to be quiet. My mom is. Are you are you bisexual or are you just gay for dolls or or how does that work? If you if you know how it works. Well, I must say, let me just explain. I was for the first time I like when I was when I was living with somebody else. I had said. At 16, I was dating this five foot seven clown doll I have. Her name is Cece, and she's a woman. And I said, I think I like girls. But then I had people telling me, that's not gay. That's just being weird. But but be honest, if I could get Kelly with doll parts like a real doll, people say when you're gay, if you, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to have money to use appropriate language on you. But if you like the down below area, if you like that, I mean, but then again, you have other people saying, oh, well, it's not about parts, it's about hearts. And I don't know if, I don't know whether I'm, I mean, I know I'm gay for Kelly, but I just, I don't. I don't feel. I just again. I dated a male doll too with an ascot. He kind of represents Michael Myers, but other than that, I I dropped him too. I just I kept going back to Kelly, 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 and I don't know whether I'm gay or not. If I say I'm gay, people say no because she's a doll, but 
But also, right, you're young as you're, she is. You've, you're you're young, and you got the rest of the life to work out what you are. And you know, sexuality is not is not binary. It's it's kind of you know, it's a spectrum, isn't it? You you know, we're all a little bit everything, aren't we? I think it's about the it's about the heart. You you could fall in love with a guy. You don't know because it's about the, it's about the, the connection and the bonding. When I first met Kelly, I didn't I didn't have lesbian feelings for her, but then all of a sudden. She just, I don't know, she just, she just took, she just took my breath away, I guess I could say. Um, you, 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 uh, there's a picture of you going to kiss Kelly, and under the caption, the zombie doll is missing part of its face and is covered in fake blood. How does one get intimate, sexually intimate, with a a zombie doll? on the radio i mean i don't want to get i don't want to get a little you know you know what I'm saying on the radio? i want you to say it's a late night show over here as long as you don't use any particularly rude words we can we can do this if you go too far i can tell you but i think we can do this felicity all right well she can't really do much to me because it's, i feel like in a way it's kind of like her own disability like every doll they can't move but they have a they have a they have a spirit like they have a like like that Robert the doll in Florida. She's not evil like him, but she she has her own spirit. Like, but you know, I I rub up against her. I I kiss her chest. I she just so. I, and even thinking about then sometimes I'm listening to certain music and I think about her. I think about her like like taking off her clothes. Like just just I don't know. I I love her so much. I I I'm gonna be honest with you. And I know I know it's nothing to do with what you asked me, but I can't stand people. And she even though she's kind of like a person to me. She would never hurt me the way I've been hurt recently. Oh, you know? man. Now I know. Now I get you, Flisty. I can't stand people either. They only let you down. Yeah, like, you know what they'll do to you is they'll, like, somebody, I'm not going to mention any names because this is a TV, but no. I had somebody living here where I'm living now, and I'm not going to mention any but the person, the person, oh, yeah, you're my friend. I love to give me kisses on the cheek, and then all of a sudden she turns around, and, she, and, I, and, I, and I, 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 you know, it's a long story, but people are trying to help me get my life together, and all of a sudden, you know, people think that I'm, I, I like to be a baby, or that I think I'm a little kid, because I used to be like that. I, I like being a woman, and they think I want to be a little kid, and she says, no, you're going to do it, and you're going to start pointing a finger at me, and, and I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, I tell you all my friends, like, I hate, they get, they come around, they get nasty, and there's always an excuse, they're high, they're drunk, they're coming down from a drug thing, they're, I can't, they're, everybody has an excuse but me. I, you know, I have bipolar, I have depression. And I do things, and here I am getting into trouble. It's, it, it's, there's always an excuse, and I can't stand it. I'd say Kelly that... has, Kelly's the best. So you're right, go on. Kelly's the best thing that ever happened to me. My father, who's now dead, and I want everybody to know this and make sure everybody hears this, he died. Okay? And he, he died, and, 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 and we were so close. When I was 11 years old, I knew, I knew Kelly when I was 10. Yeah. But I didn't dare tell my adopted mother because my adopted mother. She would have flipped and said, you're not getting something like that, $400, and it's bloody, and it's gruesome, and Mark, and don't, this is not my words, but she's ugly. So what I did was, at first I wanted the boys on the dolls, then I went on to Kelly, and my dad would say no. Then he turned around and he said, if you get good grades, I'll buy her for you. Okay. So we bought her for me on my 13th birthday. Then um, I, when I was then just this past March, she passed away. And he was actually really starting to like Kelly, and because she caused me so much joy, he said he loved. I loved my father, and I feel like I do feel like the night he died, which I, I regret because he, because I was kind of bitter because he didn't go to the hospital in time and I didn't give him enough kisses and hugs. And he died that way. Oh, night. I'm so but sorry. I feel, like came, I, I feel like he came to Kelly and said, "You take care of my baby," because Kelly's taking care of me. Because I'm going to be honest with you, is it okay if I say it? Nothing vulgar, but is it okay? It's about depression. Is it okay if I say it? Yeah. Go on. 
self-harm sometimes, and I know I shouldn't say it, but when I put Kelly in the bathroom with me when I take a shower, I, she's there, I won't do it in front of her. I could never do anything in front of her because oh, she, she's not capable of, of, she helps me. People yeah. don't understand. I don't want people to be so rotten. Yeah. Um, how long ago did you say your, you, a lot of information there, how long ago did you say your dad passed away? Oh, uh, it, it was March, it's now August, I'm not good with March of this year, oh, okay, so is, that's that's recent, man, that is recent and that is rough, I'm really sorry for your loss. You know, I told myself, I, I told myself, I don't want you, I don't want you, I'm a very sane person, I don't want you to think, but these are my feelings, if I wrote a book, I would put this in a book, but, but I want you to know that if I... I, when, when, I, when, I, when I first knew he was, when I first could see the sign that he was going to pass away, he wasn't eating a lot, he was getting sick. I turned around and I told Kelly, I don't care what God would say. She, he's breaking a bond and I will end my life. And I, and I turned around and I said, wait, I can't do that because Kelly will pass on with me. I think Kelly wants to enjoy life. Regardless, I got to bag her head all the time. It's just, I'm not a bad person. No, I you're not a bad person. I hate having these. You're not a bad person. I have these people messaging me on Facebook saying, oh, why the hell, excuse my language, are you in love with that zombie? I'll just delete them. I did not. I'm not doing. I'm not molesting children. I'm not. I'm not killing people. I'm not, I'm not blowing up schools like all these wackos are doing. Okay, Kelly wouldn't do something like that either. Kelly doesn't hurt people, and I couldn't even bear a child. Okay, because if I had a child, how do I know how the kid's going to turn out? It could be. You could do. It could. It could kill people. It could. It could. It could be a schizophrenic. I can't bring my kid into this world with all these cruel people. I don't even. I, I want to be with Kelly. I don't want kids. Okay. And I got to tell you one more thing. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I, I must be talking too much. No, but you, I, I'm I enjoying. I'm enjoying hearing your story, Felicity. You sound like a you know a really wonderful human being. So um, you carry on. Go on. Thank you. Well, I always told myself I couldn't do this now because Kelly is not. People might think it's unhealthy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get my kid taken off me. I don't have any kids. Just letting you know. But yeah. if Kelly was a real, 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 real doll, she could walk and you could hear her talk or whatever. I would probably give her cho- give her children so she she could have that love without kids running. She would at least have a, you know, a kid that wouldn't run away screaming from her. I would love to take Kelly out in public, but like one time, and my grandfather who who who's done a lot for me, he's trying to protect me. Said that some woman's gonna go off on you if you have that doll, and that kid gets scared of, of her. Yeah, so you're gonna, and I, I can't take that because I, I I when I get mad about my doll. The, the, I don't want the police to get called can, over the dollar. That, that's not good. Felicity, so can I ask you? Mention you, you uh, and thank you for sh- sharing some really intimate details with me. Um, you mentioned your self harming. Can I? When was the last time you self harmed? Oh, it was a while ago. I mean, Kelly's really helped me. You know. Good. Plus, my grandfather too. He he says he says I shouldn't say these things, especially on the computer or especially on the radio, because I might get. I might get put away somewhere, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill myself because I have Kelly. I can't, I can't do that to her. I have, I have, I have, I'm, I have, I have, I have a life with her. If I die, I can't, I can't have a ceremony in the back. I'm, I don't want to kill myself. Good. I don't really want to die. I want the pain to stop. And what do you think is causing the pain? There's a big question, huh? We talk a lot about mental health and mental illness on this show, and it's a pretty impossible question to ask, but where do you think the pain is coming from for you? Losing dad and people. You've lost other people as well, have you? Well, put it this way. I'm going to say I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm going to say it. I went through hell this summer, and Kelly was in an ambulance with me. She went to, she went to the hospital with me. Okay, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I did, but I but I was arguing with people. I even fought with my with my adopted sister, but 
I guess my one of my adopted family members after my father died, who adopted me, he couldn't. She couldn't take it anymore. Was this was like four months later? Mm. So she called the crisis people, and she had me put away in a nut house. And even my grandfather said, "You might have some problems, or you, you're not balancing. You have some guy walking around rubbing his head, talking to himself, not even." He's, he's acting like he's, he's, he's not even all there. You've got another woman who's throwing milk at people. I'm not like that. I would never hurt anybody. No. The only time I would hurt you is to try to hurt Kelly. I'm not like that. And I'm, listen. Can you leave me alone? And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting for a second that you're a nut. Um, but have you, I know that your medical system is slightly different over to the, what we have over here and that you have to pay for stuff. But have you, um, seen a doctor or a psychiatrist to talk about the depression and the self-harm and the suicidal thoughts i do see a therapist and i do see a psychiatrist okay he's met kelly he's met kelly he doesn't like slasher movies but he's met kelly he didn't cringe you think he's very respectful good for him i don't i, I, don't, I don't like the word ugly because ugly means you're being a bully and we're having a lot of that in this world bullying yeah okay that means that means ugly kelly is a beautiful doll because listen if i can have a recreative if dad was still alive and dad could pay for it because dad bought her for me I would have the blood off her face because that's, that's what turns people off is the blood. You don't even see the beauty inside her. She's got a little head. She's got pretty black hair. She's got little small hands. She's got little feet. She, she's adorable. And I got other dolls too and they, they, they're just, they're just, they're poor babies. They don't, they don't do anything wrong. You know, I want to tell some people, you know, if your kid ever dies in a school shoot or something like that, get mad at them, not at me, because I'm not doing stuff like that. But again, I would go into that school and I would, I would protect everybody. I would, I, 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 I've had thoughts like that of protecting people and not hurting them and stuff and, 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 and taking down the truth. Like, I, I want to be a hero one day. So how am I a nutcase because I have this doll? You tell me who's the real nutcase here, the school shooter or me? I'm Felicity, right? This the, when we got you on, I thought this is going to be a light, frothy little look at the uh, the slightly weird side of America. And what I'm getting, what I'm I'm coming to the conclusion is that you are a delightful human being, you are a beautiful spirit, you have um uh, a, a, you are precious, priceless, and valuable. And I'm kind of concerned, Felicity, because because uh, and tell me if I've got this wrong, Kelly to one side. I think you sound really lonely and a bit scared, and I'm just worried that you haven't got anybody else apart from Kelly in your corner. I'll tell you this: No, I have my grandfather. He doesn't have a problem with him. Okay. He doesn't, you know. He, you know, I don't want no one taking Kelly off me doing this. I know nobody's nobody's going to take her from me because I. What it is is it's. I was born this way, because even as a child, no, I didn't have Kelly. It's a small, small child, but I always, I always bonded with my stuffed animals. And Chucky, the dog, got me into dolls, but I always attached them. I gave them that. I was, and it just increased more. And I had, I had, I had this boy. He's still harassing me now. He was madly in love with me, and he, he's still harassing me. I think, and he didn't mind my dolls. I mean, you know, what I mean, we even did things, and I was, and, and I, I didn't like it, but. I mean, I, I turned him down for Kelly. So you tell me what you think about that. I turned the guy down for Kelly. He was a charming young man. He mm. was always showering his gifts. I didn't want him, though. And you're, am I right? You're 16, Felicity. Oh, no, I'm 19. Nin- sorry, I'm sorry, 19. No, yes, I'm going to um, hey, listen, um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Sorry if I said anything rude about Kelly at the start. Um, and I, oh, no, it's okay. I wish you, uh, uh, uh. I wish you the best of luck, Felicity, and I hope I hope things work out for you. And 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 I really hope that you manage to get a grip on that self-harming stuff because I know people that do that, and um, 
it's a it, it doesn't work as a pain release does it it doesn't you think it's going to make things better and it doesn't really you 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 can do better than that i know you can thank you thank you felicity you take care of yourself yeah and send our best to kelly thank, thank you for having me Thanks okay so, so, bye 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 um gosh what a lot to think about there should we have a break and then have a chat about it oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand Moonlit musings for mums, madams, and meat packers. Oh, never mind, I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio. Well, I learned a lot from that conversation with Felicity. First of all, when we see these crazy stories in, in the papers and online about those wacko those nut jobs in the states that um actually there's probably a lot more to it than just the crazy woman in love with a zombie doll um i thought she was delightful felicity thank you so much uh for your time and sharing your story and i thought that was going to be a fun light-hearted story if i'm honest i thought it was publicizing a book that's where i was going to go um instead i think what it's publicizing is the fact that um that there are lots of um and i want to say this delicately there are lots of troubled souls um in the united states of america emotionally and mentally troubled souls that are not getting the treatment that they should be getting because you gotta pay for the treatment in america you gotta pay to go and see a doctor you gotta pay for your medication and a 19-year-old girl like that, who self the doll to one side, okay? But a 19-year-old kid, 19-year-old woman, who self-harms, has suicidal thoughts, um, who it sounds like has had some pretty unpleasant sexual contact with at least one male in her life, and a step, you know, a dad's just died, and it doesn't sound like she gets on with her stepmom and step siblings. She's nineteen. What what chance has that poor girl got? And she says she's seeing a psychologist and a counsellor. I wonder if she's on, you know, bipolar and depression and anxiety. Um, what chance has that kid got? That's bleak. What a lovely human being she was and um i feel a bit guilty because i was bringing her out to parade her as a freak show me and Haley didn't know that that was the situation at all well don't forget her Haley. um shame on the mirror for parading her like a freak show um and um and i feel bad because that was my my intention as soon as i realize you, you'll hear the change in tone about two and a half minutes into the interview when it suddenly clicks that actually the doll the doll isn't the story the story is this this young woman who's in pain man who's in pain and you could hear that uh, and our treatment over here of people with with um mental health issues I think you know what I'm saying. She mentioned bipolar and, and depression. And, and, and it could possibly be argued there may be a couple of other things going on. I don't know. I ain't a doctor. Um, and our treatment of, of, of mental health issues is, is woefully inadequate in this country. But, you know, it's better than America. Um, that's uh, really uh, That's really hit me, that. 
story and um I wish her the best of luck. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Apparently Aretha Franklin isn't dead. I tweeted earlier Aretha Franklin R I P. My online my my online source was inaccurate and it offended a lot of people on Twitter and I would just like to say to Ms. Franklin um, and to her family and to all of the uh, Aretha Franklin fans on Twitter that I offended with that that um, that tweet, I apologise. Was not my um, I didn't show enough R E S P E C T uh, by I should have cross referenced the um, the information I got and I didn't do that. I just took the first thing I saw and I went with it and I apologise for that and let's hope. Let's hope we get some more hits. Let's hope she gets better and we get some more. She goes back to Motown in Detroit, Michigan, um, uh, near New York. And she gets back in with uh, with those Motown guys and we get some more hits out of her. That's that's what we're hoping for, my lady. We wish you the very best of luck. 0344. Four, oh! So, who wants to hear my story about how I nearly got murdered today? I forgot about this. You'd think I would remember it. I nearly got murdered today. So I'm driving. I had to drive over to East London, right, today. So I'm driving through kind of like Old Street. You know London, Old Street. It's very busy, very busy. It's very hot. And I was in a lane. I was in the bus lane, but it wasn't the bus lane. But then it became the bus lane. So I tried to turn right into the main lane. Right? And there was a space. So I indicated and I went for it. And the guy to the right and behind me did that thing. He sped up. He sped up to stop me from getting in there. Right? There was plenty of room. I went for it. He sped up and he went round me a bit and stopped me from getting in. I thought, oh, man. So he went past. I got behind him and I beeped him. And then we came to some lights and he was going to go straight and I was going to turn left. So I went into the left-hand lane. And as I went past, I'm not proud. I beeped him. He turned to face me. I flipped him the bird. I, I mean, come on. Come on. Then we get to the lights and we stop. He then pulls out and gets behind me and winds down his window and starts shouting, What do you want, mate? What do you effing want? And I do, and here's the here's the thing: when people are getting angry with you in a car, you got you got to bring it right back down. So I stuck my head out the window and cupped my ear as if to say, "I can't hear you." So he's getting loud. What do you effing want? What do you effing want? Again, I'm cupping. What do you effing want? And then I he started. I thought he was looking like he was going to get out of the car. So we we're at traffic lights. So I picked up my phone and stuck it out of the window, pretending I was filming him. Because that diffuses anything. So he's then still shouting a bit, and then, and this, this was when it, this was when it started to turn sour. I'll be with you in a minute, Max. This is when it started to turn sour. As I'm pretending to film it. He went, "What are you? Are you Ian Lee? Jesus, you're Ian Lee!" And he started laughing. And I thought, "Oh man, okay, well it's it's this time to get away." So he's still shouting and beeping at me, and then the lights turn to green. And I don't know, I must have been nervous or something. I don't know. I stalled the car. And I started the car and then I stalled the car again. For a minute. I was nervous. I started the car, then I stalled it, then I started it, then I stalled it. And he's getting angrier with me. He was getting very angry with me. 
and I'm getting more fl- frustrated and uh, flustered and eventually I managed to start the car and I drove off and that's when the nightmare really started then it turned have you seen the movie Duel it then turned into Duel right so we're then driving through East London and he's following me and he's following me because I'm going this way and that way over the Irish Sea I'm doubling back on my he's following me and I that's when I start that that is when the snowflake part of me kicked in and I thought oh my god I'm going to die so I got my phone when we stopped at some lights went to the Google Maps and I typed in police station this is what you should do guys police station so I typed in police and I saw there was a police station four minutes away it was a pop-up police station I didn't know what that meant but I thought I'm going to take a punt so we had to double back on ourselves and um then I saw an opportunity though so we're heading back to the police station then I saw an opportunity I saw a bus was about to pull out right so I managed to get in front of the bus the bus pulled out and then suddenly there's a bus between us got some breathing room and then there were some lights and I managed to get through the lights and the bus and he didn't I thought this and eventually I shook off the tail but for about 15 minutes this guy was following me man and was and I'm and I'm then bricking myself right and he's also, and this is illegal, he's driving and he's holding his phone up and filming me while he's driving. So I am driving like the best. I'm 28 miles an hour in a 30. I'm indicating. I'm braking in plenty. I'm doing the best driving. I'm doing driving test driving. AK-15. That's how his number plate start. I'm not stupid. Um, and uh, it, honestly, it was, it was terrifying. It was, it was absolutely Max, do you know what I mean? It was terrifying. I'm terrified for you. I thought he was going to kill me. He looked... Mm. It was a big, posh... Sure. Might have been a Rover or something. AK-15s mm. on the number plate they started. They don't make Rovers anymore. I don't know. And you're right, actually. They don't. It was a silver car. <laughs> I don't think they do. All right, mate. You're de- kind of... De- yeah, you're kind of... You don't come at me with your, your floppy hair and your eyes and the, your gap in your tooth. <laughs> he, you're, you're detracting from the main focus... Of the Yay. thing is that I was nearly killed. No, I get that. No, totally. No. Did, you, did victim support? Sorry? Victim support. Well, well, about well, victim support only help you if you've been involved in a crime, haven't you? Well, I think you might have been involved in, like, well, now it's a virtual crime, actually. You've broadcasted it. So, yeah, you know, it is. I, I've got most of crime. his, I have most of his number plates. Mm, yeah, well, that, that that's good enough, actually. And I okay. think, yeah, I think he deserves he deserves it. No, he deserves it, doesn't he? Really, no. Okay, that's so a good thing too. <laughs> so I'm going to go and kill him. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, that might be a little bit extreme. Mm. Just have have have. Uh, well, give him a good picking off. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, anyway, it was yeah. terrifying. I survived it. Um. And I'm just saying. I didn't know I was in on this conversation, by the way. I was just like, I was just like Sorry? expressing my views from from far. Well, did, well, you, hang on, you didn't know you're in this conversation. You, you're the only caller we've got lined up. It's a. Oh, really? well, I didn't know that, did I? Well, well, this not, listen, this is Britain's most this is Britain's most popular late night phone-in show. Um, well, but, I can only phone it when I'm not working for the next day. I so don't I, care I don't about your diary. Well, no, well, you should. <laughs> I do not give a stuff about <laughs> your diary. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. Right, 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 right. Okay, right. Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, go on. Right, what you got? Okay, what right, have you called right. in for, Mags? Right. Mags, well, Mags with a Z. 
With a Z, I know. Well, if I was mags with an S, I'd be mags, wouldn't I? Yes. I'm not a mags. I've just really just phoned to say hello, really. Hiya. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm not doing all right. I'm doing, I feel a bit lousy <laughs> not. today. not. <laughs> you know what? I have had a, well, a quite Go crap on. few days. Go on. At work, but, you know, at home is a thing. Okay, you know, I've told you I, I work in mental health. Yes. I uh, work on adolescent ward. Aye. I had to cut a ligature from around a patient's neck. No! Oh, yeah. mate! Really not very nice. Oh, Mags, man. How do you, how do you go home? How do you, how do you unwind after well, that day what? at work? I, ha- I had to do that. But unfortunately, at that moment in time, I was the only female member of staff on the ward. So oh. I cut the ligature away and got rid of it. But then we had to give this patient some something to calm her down a little bit. But then I had to persuade her that, you know, she, you need to have this little bit of medicine, but you need to sit up. But you can't sit up because everyone else is male and you've got everything hanging right out now. Mm. So, yeah, so I had to just sort of like kind of like go in there all guns blazing which isn't me i'm i'm, re- I'm quite a softy to be fair um but yeah no I, and all guns I, blazing I, in what respect telling everyone to well, 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 so i had to, i kind of like i like to give people the benefit of the doubt in my life in general yeah. but at this point because i was the only female i had to say to her look i need you to sit up and i need you to allow me to assist you in getting dressed because yeah. You know, we need to have you in a in a perfectly more dignified position to accept this medication. Yeah. And it worked. Oh, did it? Yes, it did. But it made me feel a little bit weird being that direct about it. Sometimes you have to, don't you? Sometimes you just got to say, "We need to do this, otherwise we can't get anywhere." And no, you got to be blind. absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. But then, so I did that. But then I was like, "Okay, that, I've done that," and then I'm, I'm really pleased with myself because I did that, and I'm really pleased because she's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> More yeah. than anything else. Yeah. But then I come away from that thinking, "Shit, this is what you know. I do this every day. Oh shit, you know. Am, am I? Yeah, I felt a little bit." Uh, unhinged, I suppose, in my own life, a little bit. But then, so what do you do? How, do you do you live on your own, or have you got people at home yes, with you? Yes, I, I live on my own. So how do you? Because I'm finding, you know, I've been living on my own for two years, but but I've I've I've, I've been in suspended animation. I've not included this this that room that I was living in as, as a home. I would go in and switch off, and now I'm in yeah. a house, and it's like flipping it, man. I don't know what room to sit in because I'm on my no, own. Me too. No, I'm totally. I'm totally understand that i totally because like i'm happy in one room because if i walk out of my room i'm like shit there's a whole house out there and there's nobody in it oh my god i'm just going to go back in my room i haven't used um well the boys at the weekend who are playing xbox but i've not used the living room it's mainly because i haven't got a sofa yet it's just crappy beanbags and who knows when the sofas are going to come because they take forever to make no, they do. They know. I know. I think like DFS and stuff. They just make these things and then go. No one's ever going to buy that. And then one person orders it and they think, oh shit, we need to. Wait, that's stop saying shit. You've had three shits. Sorry, sorry. But sorry. I, it, it's like it takes ten to twelve weeks for a sofa to be made. Come on, guys. No, it's really rubbish. It's it? not a surprise that someone's ordered a sofa from you. You sell sofas. No, no. But I don't think they actually think anyone buys them. Uh, I've just seen that Jeremy Kyle's joining this station. Oh, who? Who? Who, who was he? 
I've also heard rumours that Matthew Wright is joining this station. Oh, hang, is, on, hang on a minute. I, hang I, on a minute. Hang on, hang on. What slot is Matthew Wright? I'm being told Matthew Wright is. What slot is he doing? Do we know yet? What is it? I've met. Is it? I've is he taking over once. Jamie again? Is that? Oh, jeez. I've met Matthew Wright once. He's a prick. Yeah, but that was because he was in the studio before Celebrity Soup was being filmed, and you were in there after. He used to be a nice guy, and now I think he's an idiot because because I can't. I'm coming in early. I'm coming in early to bump into him in the office, and when he says, "Oh hi, hi Ian, how's it going? Hope you didn't mind that bit of fun on my TV series." I'm going to turn around and say, "Right, you are a C. You stitched me up, and you're a liar. Don't ever talk to me again. As far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. As far as I'm concerned, we now don't broadcast uh, between six thirty and ten, and we don't broadcast between uh, uh, one and four because you're dead to me. Right? You're dead." You're the wrong. You're the you're the wrong stuff. You're the yeah. wrong stuff. <laughs> I'm totally with you there because when I went to see Celebrity Soup being filmed, yeah, I had to wait for Matthew Wright to come out with his the right stuff, and he came out at half past five in the morning wearing a leather jacket. I used to like Matthew. I got on really well with him until he stitched me up on a live TV show and uh, went against the the, uh, the promise that it had been made to me four times and um was a complete and utter bell cheese so yeah i'm looking for i'm looking forward to seeing him <laughs> because yeah, i'll tell him I'd all like of that to there too. i'd I'll, like to be there too i'll tell him all of we that team. We'll yeah, team up. Man alive. anyway lovely to speak to you up your bum mags bye bye um that's actually an inappropriate way to end that phone conversation after uh what she told us i, I apologize there oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand say well you've heard it exclusive to great new signings to talk radio dear god dear shit, you know. experience the unconventional hello the unpredictable don't you think that's a bit weird and the completely unorthodox it was my birthday with rule-free ian lee uh, i was just trying to generate a bit of content the late night alternative with ian lee hate alarm clock hate going to work on talk radio oh Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Oh, we've got Skype as well. I keep forgetting to do the Skype. Um, let me open the Skype. Um, late night alternative. It's all one word, guys. Uh, if you want to. Um, uh, you can Skype in. Yes, yes, guys. You can Skype in. Late night alternative. Uh, and. Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. So, um, so that's an hour and three quarters of radio done. Boy, oh boy, hasn't it been a roller coaster of emotions and um, varying degrees of grips on reality and um, mental health issues? In a way that, even by our standards, we've we've crammed about um, a month's worth of emotion into less than two thirds of a of a show. Um, so I'm a little bit unsure as to as to where to where to take it really so um i guess maybe we just sit here and um wait let's just sit here i tell you what this is what we'll do this is what we'll do this 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 will buy us 60 seconds right do you remember ages ago when i ages ago a few months ago when i went to new york last time i'm going back to new york again this weekend uh, monday with my kids i'm taking them to ninja sushi where you get served by ninjas and they attack you during your meal, which the kids are excited by but terrified by. Taking them to see School of Rock on Broadway, going to Stardust Diner, where all of the waiters and waitresses are out-of-work 
actors and musicians and they sing going to see a baseball game and also going to medieval times which bills itself as non-cutlery dining wow that's like the first thing it says non-cutlery dining and so you sit in this arena and you just eat like chicken drumsticks like king henry the eighth and there's jousting on actual horses and sword fights going on this is incredible so I'm doing that next week with a, an eight and a six year old and I'm terrified and it's going to be hot and I'm trying to persuade Amani Coppola to um, um, to look after my kids for an afternoon and she's not up for it. Outrageous. Just because she's a pop star, she doesn't want to look after my kids. Um, but anyway, last time I went, I saw this brilliant documentary um called won't you be my neighbor about mr rogers who in america was a national institution danny stay there i'll come to you in a minute promise in a minute being the operative word was a national uh he was a national institution he was like this this kids tv presenter from the 50s right through until a few years ago when he died very gentle softly spoken man um who just loved kids and and, and you say oh, someone love kids must be a pedal uh, no, he, he genuinely loved kids in a way that some people will have will say is unacceptable these days. Hey, I love kids. You know, we had a caller earlier on who thinks I'm a nonce. Okay, fair enough. I know my truth, and my truth is I love kids. And if I if I'm in a park with my kids, or I'm at somewhere a kid's birthday party, or I'm at a wedding that there are kids, I am a kid magnet. Even when I don't want to be, I'm a kid magnet. I'm the one that all the kids they get the vibe from me. And suddenly they're swarming around me. And I kind of oh, I took the kids to the park near me the other day. And suddenly, uh, by the end of it, I had five kids around me. But you're not allowed to say that anymore. Because oh, he likes kids. It's got to be a little bit of a weirdo. Yeah, you can just like kids. You can just like kids and get on with kids and prefer the company of kids. It's me. Anyway, this film was great. And I don't know if it's going to get shown over here. And I don't know if it's going to come out on DVD over here. But I may, maybe we'll try and arrange a showing of it if it does. But there was one thing he used to do, right, on his show. And this was a show for six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, okay? Is he would sit there uh, uh, on television and say, what we're going to do for the next 60 seconds is we're going to be completely silent. Um, I would like you to try and think of someone who has been, who is important to you. And they can be dead or they can be alive. Uh, they can be someone you saw five minutes ago or someone you haven't seen for years. They can be someone you've never met but you admire. But just sit quietly for 60 seconds and see who pops into your head. Someone that has been very special to you. And just think about that person. So let's do that. Think about someone in silence for 60 seconds who's been... I don't know, special to you, important to you, means a lot. Maybe you're missing them because they are a long way away from you and, you, you know, it feels like your life is incomplete when they're not there. Maybe it's someone who's dead or whatever. And I think we've spoken about a lot of different types of missing and, and, and emotion tonight. So we'll do that. Then we'll kind of regroup. Danny, you're on the line as well. You can do it if you want. You don't have to because I know you weren't phoning in for that. And then we'll speak to Danny and we'll carry on with the show. And if you want to phone in and let me know who you thought about, you can. And if you don't, you want to keep it private, then that's cool. So uh, 
let's let's make it look 11:50 and 30 seconds that's when we'll start it so let's just have 60 seconds silence starting now Think of anyone? Anyone pop up? Did for me. Did for me. <clears throat> Let's go to Danny. Good evening, Danny. Hello, Ian. Hello, Danny. Yeah, good show tonight. It's it's nice when you're uh, a little bit um, Miserable. griefed by people. Then we get to see just uh, what a nice bloke you are. But you don't want to hear that, do you? No, I don't want to hear that, you son of a gun. What you got for I us, know. Danny? I was thinking in that moment of silence that all of us in the chat window um, appreciated. Um, Skegness Beach, 1978. I, um, I had to go on a donkey, and the donkey's now dead, and that, that was a uh, shaggy donkey. Okay, thank you, Danny. That was... But, um, so, the reason I rang up yes. is my daughter went to the seaside yesterday, and I thought maybe you might want to know what she brought me back from the seaside. Please tell me it was a stick of rock. No, I'm too fat for rock. Oh, come on. Does anyone... But you go to the seaside and they have they always have a little stall, kiosk, a booth, selling sticks of rock. But I've not had a stick of rock since... I'm going to name the date. I remember it in the cupboard, 1982. Wow, good year for rock. And was. we would eat rock. You'd get a stick of rock and you'd eat a bit of it and then you'd wrap it up again in the wrapper and put it in the cupboard and then go back to it a few days later and a stick of rock once opened could last about three or four weeks it has a half-life of a thousand years a stick of rock i think it did man i think it did yeah yeah yes so um yeah she she got me a tiny little pebble yes a yellow tyrannosaurus rex that she won from the two pea pushers oh wow she actually won something on the penny shove she won two things. She also got me a tiny bag of Haribo sweets and I but scoffed the lot. She, and she didn't eat them? No, she doesn't like sweets. Wowzers. But she's 20, so I expected a lot more than that from her, but that, that's all I got. OK, Danny, you, you're calling up with material. Thanks very much indeed. Let's go to Lewis. Good evening, Lewis. Ian? Lewis? Hi, can you hear me? Not really. Are you on speakerphone? I'm not. This is um, Hayley said that my phone sounds a bit dodgy as well. I'm not sure what's up. I can't understand the, what you're... I don't understand the words that you're saying to me. Oh, my God. Um, sorry. Uh, Haley said that my phone is a bit... sounds a bit weird. Well, you've just done something to make it sound a bit better, so you know exactly what you're doing, young man. I don't. You do? <laughs> Not exactly, I don't. You're, uh, I think... Oh, I, I think... I kind of got a grasp. You're a player. I'm a player, man. I'm a player in the game. A player, and I respect a player. Oh, wicked, man. I, I, I respect somebody that respects a player. You, you'd have to. 
And that's and that's why and that is why you're a player because of the respect that's floating around. Players respect players, Liam. You know. You know what I'm saying, brother. What you got for us, Lewis? Uh, I called you a few months ago. Um, we were talking about Will Ferrell films. Oh yeah. Oh, you were good. Why? Why didn't you Skype me, you muppet? I tried to. Yeah, but I, but that was when I was doing the silence. I just I've just downloaded Skype. I'm look, man. I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not exactly a Microsoft wizard, you know? Hello? I'm calling you on Skype. Oh, hang on. I'm on the phone. Uh, it's not working. All right. Well, you're an idiot. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, right, yes. Sorry. Did, did you get a chance to see Everything Must Go? With Will Ferrell. Remind me which one that is. Is that the one where he's a slightly crazy character out of his depth? No, it's he, he's like an alcoholic. Like, uh, he's lost his job and everything. It's quite sad. Is that the one where he's a character in a book? No, it's not. Oh. It's that... called Everything Must Go. You said you ordered it on Amazon. I don't think I did. I pres- oh, if I said man. it, if I said it, it was a lo- What, the DVD? Yeah. No, I wouldn't order the, I wouldn't order a Will Ferrell DVD. I wouldn't. I like Will um, Ferrell movies. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Simpson underscore. Why don't you go and just stick your internet up your backside, you massive knob? Do one, Hugh. Hugh Simpson can bloody go and do one. Um, he's saying, I think Ian Lee has a massive potential to be a really good radio presenter. Not sure of his lack of self-belief or confidence. What? Go away, little boy. Oh, yeah. Simpson underscore. Anyway, I like watching Will Ferrell films, mm. but for free. I don't like paying for them. I don't think they're that good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's about... That's is that... Is that, that do you understand me, Lewis? <laughs> I like watching yeah, yeah, yeah. his films, but for free... I do not want to pay for them, and I couldn't sit through Talladega Nights the other night. No way. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was quitting that one. <laughs> I still... Uh, here's the thing. All right, cards on the table. I still can't watch things with Sasha in. It still makes me feel oh. a, bit, a bit jealous and a bit bitter. It really does. So I'm, I'm never going to watch this Maiden... This is America program. I've never seen Borat. I've never seen the gay one. I can't, no. I can't, watch, I can't watch a Sasha Baron Cohen movie because there's still... A little. This is me being completely honest. There's still a little bit of of unresolved jealousy, jealousy, more resentment. Why was it me, man? Why you? you No, I think I'm beyond that. But it's more. um, I'm muting Hugh Simpson. I'm not blocking him. Not going to give him the satisfaction of the black. Yeah, yeah. It's more. um, I don't know. It's more. It's it's me, not him. Yeah. Well, I think we I think we got somewhere there, Lewis. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> All right, bye bye. Um, okay, well that's two that's two thirds of the show done. Oh, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. You can Skype late night alternative. Another hour of this to go, guys. This is the late night alternative. Weeknights from ten with me, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
someone needs to tell Jeremy Kyle and Matthew Wright that the cable that connects the computer for the sound effects has not been fixed. It's still a loose cable because when they come in and they play their crazy sound effects, you know, when, when Jeremy Kyle probably wants to borrow. Where's Matthew Wright? Whoa! Hey! What the hell? See? Matthew Wright wants to play. Um, Shag a pony. I want to play. Um, or... Thank you, David. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can Skype, uh, late night alternative, all one word. If you can work out Skype, dear God, man, it's 15 years out of date anyway. How can people not work, work it out? For, for all that is holy in this world, how can people not work it out? Here's a serious question. With, with the station moving towards... Oh, I don't know. What would you describe it? Employing dicks. How how safe is my gig here? <laughs> all right, don't answer it that way. But you you got you got to think when you see it going in a newsy direction, and I use the term in inverted commas when discussing Matthew Wright. Newsy, Jesus, you got to think: is is there room for for my bum foolery weeknights from ten, the most listened to late night phoning show in Britain? Is there is there room? Is there? Really? Room. Um, oh, there's this, there's this thing. I heard them discussing this on Radio 4, and it's in the mail. Right, some idiot. What's this guy's name? Let's name him. Christopher Stevens. I'm Christopher Stevens, and I'm an idiot. Because I've written a piece where... I, he's basically said... He's written a whole piece, and good for him. He's probably got a few hundred quid for that. Oh, Sugar, I've got to write a piece for a Record Collector about XTC. I was meant, meant to do that today. Well, that's tomorrow's job. Um, so he's probably got a few hundred quid, maybe a grand for this, right? It's, so I don't necessarily buy his premise, but let's assume that he means what he's saying. Okay? He's not just selling his soul to make a few quid. But so his, he claims, he says here, it's the latest fad. Leave your unwanted clutter on the street with a please take sign. But, says Christopher Stevens, it's lazy and utterly selfish. And he calls it middle-class fly-tipping, right? First of all, it's not the latest fad. People have been doing it for years. I, to this day, find it so difficult to walk past a VHS, uh, VCR, outside someone's house. You, you, you don't... You, you don't see furniture out the front so often these days with the please take me sign. I used to love doing it when I lived in a flat in London. I used to love putting like a, a bedside cabinet. Man, I need two bedside cabinets. I'd kill for those bedside. Bedside cabinets are so expensive. I just want two bedside cabinets. That'd be 150 pounds. What? Because I don't want to go to. I don't want to go to IKEA and make them. I just want to buy them on eBay. It's expensive. Anyway. So we would put like a bedside cabinet out in the front and watch the people that would come. I told you this is slightly going off topic. I'll come to you in a second, David. Um, when I discovered, um, I guess it's Free Cycle. And uh, this is years ago. And I had 
um, I posted on FreeCycle two separate posts. You post for your region. Two separate posts. Um, one was for a colour portable television. But, you know, it was a big old portable. You know, the ones with the back. It's a heavy... Not these. You can carry... I, I, I picked up a 42-inch television with, with just my hands and lifted it. Dear God! Technology! It was a big old portable, heavy one, right? It was a small portable, but big... So I had that, and then in a second posting on FreeCycle, I had, and don't ask why, I had a commode, right? And um, this woman phoned up and said, oh, I'd like the uh, the item on FreeCycle, please. She said, oh, I said, okay, what is that? She goes, well, the, the, the commode and the television. She wanted both. I was like, yeah. oh, she emailed, did you do email? I was like, yeah, cool, whatever, come and get it. Um, I said, it's, they're, they're quite bulky. So you're going to, you know, want to have a car quite bulky. She's coming from Tottenham. I lived in Muswell Hill. It's, it's close, but it's a bit of a trek. So about eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, this old woman turned up right, in her 70s, late 70s. She turned up and I was like, well, OK, you're going to where's, where's your car and I'll take it out to the car. For, she says, oh, I didn't get the car. I got the bus. I got the bus. I said, there is no way you are going to take both of these things on a bus on your own it's just it's impossible i couldn't do it and at that point i was a fit young man uh, who just turned 30 and she said i really want i said well look do you think you can get the commode on the bus she said yes i said well if you do that i tell you what i'll do i will i will keep the tip portable for you can have it i'll wrap it up in a bag and i'll just put it on the front step and it's you can come and get it tomorrow she's like fine but she carted, this woman in her 70s, carted a commode from Muswell Hill to Tottenham on a bus. Kids these days, they do not know they're born. Good evening, David. Good evening, Mr Lee. How are we? Yeah, I'm lousy, mate. What have you got for us? Well, I'm I'm bus driver, Dave, from West Yorkshire. Thank you, driver. Thank you, driver. Thank you, driver. Have you ever sure. seen an old woman with a commode and a portable television? I haven't. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit further up north for that. But I have okay. seen a guy on a regular who takes two cases. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. What is in this coffee, Hayley? That is disgusting. It's not. I don't. I'm not fussed because it's not. I didn't ask for it, so it's not me being rude. She brought it. That is. That. That is dis. Is yours disgusting? Yours is all right. What the hell are you trying to do to me, woman? That is disgusting. That is a horrible coffee. Come and smell it. Come in here. Sorry, David. I'm just going to get Hayley to smell my coffee. That smells. No, I don't. I don't want another one. Two's kind of the limit, anyway. Smell it. Smell it. That smells. Dis don't drink it because I spat in it. That is disgusting. Go on. Oh God, that is disgusting. But yours are all right. Yeah. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. It's fu oh, it's fu oh, it's funny. It's a joke. It's, fu it's a funny joke, is it? Out. Hello? Hello? Um, <laughs> yes, David. What did you call in for, please, sir? Oh, funny funny old one tonight, Ian, don't you think? It's a, it's a strange one. It certainly yeah. is. Well, firstly, I want to say a failed marriage does not equal a failed man. Um, all, I, 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 I know, I know all that. Next, next, next. The lady with with the zombie for a doll. I was loving how you were getting into what was a real problem there. You were like, yeah, but what is it? Yeah, but what is it? And then you clicked onto what her real issues were yeah. as to why, you know, 
she's into dolls and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very intuitive, mate. Very intuitive. Next thing, so your snowflake moment driving away. Yes. Yeah. Get a dash cam, mate. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I've, I think I might have to. I think I yeah. might, I, I might have to. I think I could, because it was, but then you've got to have one in the back. You can get ones that like face front and backwards now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, dead clever. But it's just better safe than sorry, especially driving on those kind of roads where you are. You get some real crazy people, man. Real crazy people. There was nothing to stop that guy jumping out. I, well, instant, I always, you know I, mean? I like, listen, I like a little bit of um, froth. As I'm driving, I like a little bit of animosity. It makes the mm. world go round. But as soon as someone starts to open their door, that's yeah. <laughs> when I think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. I've had a few incidents like that myself, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yes, man, of course. <laughs> um, the last into that, it, it, it was an unsure driver who ripped off my car and smashed into the side of me at a roundabout. So, you know, you have really got to be careful. Really, really careful, mate. Yeah, well, thanks, man. It's a crazy no, world out there. It, it is. Uh, I, I want to give you somebody normal to speak to for at least five minutes because you've had a few on this evening, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, congratulations on the uh, farmhouse as well, mate. Yes, it's great, mate. 1,500 cattle, yeah. although milking them is it, it's a tough old job. I've got farm hands that help out, but I like to get my hands dirty. And let's just say, my hands, are, my hands are very, very dirty. Well, pat on the back, mate. You, you've been waiting a long time for it, do you know what I mean? And uh, well deserved. Thank you, mate. It's appreciated. No worries. No worries. Have a good evening. It's been good talking to you, mate. Thank you very much, David. Touchy bye, touchy bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Everyone, here's the thing. The app has gone down and the online thing has gone down again, right? And I know and I know and I know. There is nothing I can do about it. Tweet at Talk Radio. Tweet at Denny Morris. He knows about it because I emailed him today. He's known about it for a while. He's looking into it. I suggest, you know, instead of spending money on you know, Matthew Wright, that they spend a few quid on, 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 on making sure that the station can broadcast, broadcast for 24 hours a day I, before they, you know, start employing egos. Um, but, really can't stand the bloke. But, and I'd say it to his face, it's not me being two-faced, I, I, I will say it to his face. But, um, people telling me and getting angry with me, I'm, I'm sorry and I appreciate your patience around this. There is nothing more, there's nothing I can do. It's not like I can, during the ads, pop downstairs and switch the computer off and on again. I can't, can I? No. Could I do that? No. I don't know where it is. Um, but tweet at Denny Morris, tweet at Talk Radio, keep letting them know. I've told them, um, by the way, Alistair, you're phoning in. You're never going to get on my radio show again, not after you called me an effing C. So put your phone down, buddy. Um, so I know, I know, but I appreciate your patience. I appreciate the fact that some of you have to persevere to listen to the show. If you want the stream, um, uh, it's just people. Um, but people are just emailing me abuse as though it's my fault. I can't do anything about it. You know, can't do anything about it. This is Talk Radio. Take a trip into the alternate reality of late night radio. I think I'm in something like the Matrix, and so are you. The late night alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On Talk Radio. Hello. Um. Hey, we got we got a we got a Skype call, Lewis. Jeez. Hey, Lewis. Hey. Hello, Lewis. Hey, can you see me or hear me? 
I can hear you. I can't. I don't. I don't particularly want to see you. I can hear you, but it sounds. It, yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. Oh, no, I want to say thank you for everyone to the air and everything. You know. For, for what? It's it's a terrible. Um, what are you speaking into? A hairbrush? No, it's my phone. But I dropped it the other day. Trouble. Right. Turn your uh, mute your stream caller. Okay, hang on. Okay. There we go. I can see you. I can see your beautiful, beautiful face. Look at that. Beautiful. Hey, <laughs> look at you. Beautiful. Beautiful face. Lovely smile. Cheeky smile. Great apartment. Uh, <laughs> you look, you look, uh, there's some leopard skin there. There's a cat. Yeah. It looks like, um, what's that? What's that? Those lines of white stuff on that table there. Oh, sorry, man. No, man, come on, guys. I'm joking. I'm joking. Lewis is a cool guy. He's not He's not into monkey spangles. He's a cool guy. What have you got for us, Lewis? Uh, well, man, um, I just want to say thank you for letting me into the air. And I wanted to say, the last caller, did he say that all your other callers were weird? And that, he need, that, and that you needed somebody um, normal? Yes, that's exactly what was said. I said thanks for that, and I felt like I had to ring you back, you know? Okay. Well, hang on, did we just speak to you? Yeah. Go away! Go away! Double bubble! Go away! Mm. Hung up. Outrageous. How would you rate the quality of this call? One. Um, I'm gonna put, I heard noise in the call, and the noise, unfortunately, was Lewis's voice. And that's what it was. I'm, I like Jeremy Carl, by the way. I've met Jeremy Carl a few times. He's a nice guy. I like Jeremy Carr. He's a very nice guy. He's got a very, um, very piercing stare. He's really going to look you in the eyes. And he's going to, he, I think he is the lie detector on that show. Looks you in the eyes and he stares into your soul. Very determined. I'm joking. Lewis, I'm joking. Very determined. Look, the other guy. Yeah. But so this, this middle class fly tipping, as it's been called. This, so this guy's written a whole, whole article where he condemns people leaving bits of furniture outside their house with a little sign saying, um, please take me. Well, it's not fly tipping because it, fly tipping is when you dump like a mattress or documents in a hedge and then you go away and, and it could be there for weeks until the council come and collect it. That's what fly tipping is. This is um, this, this, this thing of putting a bookcase out in the front or, or some bedside cabinets. I'm obsessed with bedside cabinets at the moment. Um, that's that's recycling that's what that is that's a positive that's a positive constructive thing to do let me read this i've turned the light off so i can't really see littering the gardens walls and pavements of suburban britain there's a new scourge middle class fly tipping i haven't seen it for ages i think this guy is um is um bang out of he's like t 10 years too late you might have noticed the heaps of junk that have started to appear. Ikea wardrobes, bookcases. I could do with the bookcases. Well. Picking up a bookcase tomorrow that I won on eBay for £31. But I've had to hire a van to collect it. Tables, most of them too battered and shabby for any self-respecting squat. Well, here's the thing, um, uh, middle-class Daily Mail writer that probably got paid, what, 500 quid to write this? Maybe a grand? Maybe maybe two grand to write this. Not everyone can afford new furniture. Some people can't afford. Some people can't afford to feed they, them, their kids. So don't get sniffy about the state of the furniture that's left out there. 
Um, and tapes to each stack of rubbish a handwritten note that says, please take or free to good home. In my hometown of Brizzle, it has become an epidemic. The rubbish can sit there for days, sometimes weeks. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think you're lying. The bin men don't remove it, of course, because it isn't bagged. It's just unwanted clutter. If the family don't need a broken swivel chair or a chest of drawers with two knobs missing, and this guy's trying to paint a picture with his words, and the picture he's painting is of a man who can't write very well. Um, I can't imagine why they think anyone else would even want to look at it, let alone trip over it. Because not everyone's got money, dude. People are, people are poor. People are skint. Um, and the most galling thing that these smug litter bugs pretend they're doing a community service by offering... Oh, this guy's a dick. That guy's a jerk, as um, my American cousins would say. That guy's a, that guy's a jerk. I don't, I don't want to read any more from that jerk. 0344. What have I written down here? 0344 499 is the old um, telephone number. Oh, there's a Jack Whitehall gay thing, but everyone's everyone's done that. Here we go. No one's, not many people have done this. They probably have. I don't care. I've not listened to radio for days. Um, she'd spent three days languishing on a rooftop, refusing to budge, and probably pining for her cosy perch at home. But Jessie the McCaw was hardly grateful when firemen came to rescue her yesterday. As they tried to coax her to them... She responded with a most unladylike foul-mouthed tirade, telling them to F off. The turquoise and yellow parrot then flew off, landing on another roof and then a tree, before being reunited with her owner. Jessie had been on a neighbour's rooftop. <laughs> In Cuckoo Hall! Because <laughs> it's a bird! In Cuckoo Hall Lane, Edmonton, North London, since escaping from her home. That's weird. That's funny enough. Why were my boys asking about parrots the other day? Why was I talking to I was my boys? I was talking to someone about parrots. I can't think who. But is a parrot is a weird pet to have. Even as a kid, seeing but like when when I was a kid growing up in the seventies, like grandparents all had like budgerigars or canaries. I don't know in cages and even as a kid right even being like five or six i'd look at these yellow canaries in a in a cage and think that doesn't feel right they're but and then you'd let them out and they fly around the room and then they go just thinking that doesn't feel right but you see you don't see it so much these days but these huge um these huge parrots um in cages inside somebody's house that's a that's weird isn't it that's weird um and and you put a blanket over the parrot so that it can be it can be nighttime and then the parrot goes to sleep that's inappropriate i don't like um aviaries are they aviar aviaries aviaries Aviaries, aviaries. I don't like them. Attempts to, by her owner and the RSPCA to coax her down were unsuccessful. The fire brigade was summoned amid fears she may have been hurt. 
in an effort to, although I, i'm not one of these snobby sneering people the um I, I like stories about the fire brigade and the police rescuing animals that's exactly what they should be doing there's a great bit of film of like it's in america or maybe it's new zealand i don't know and there's a duck and a couple of ducklings stood by the drain at the side of a really busy road right and then these coppers come along and they stop the traffic and one copper lies down on the road and puts his hand down the drain and starts fishing out ducklings just starts fishing out ducklings that have fallen down there that's exactly what the police should be doing uh, the fire brigade was summoned after fears she may have been hurt in an effort to win her confidence the crew manager volunteered to go up the ladder with a bowl of food and a white towel to wrap her in he called out i love you in english turkish and greek the languages jesse's owner is fluent in then i don't understand this sentence Oh, yes, I do. Watch manager, Chris Swallow. So that's the guy who works for the fire brigade. I wonder what a watch manager was. Who attended the scene said, while Jesse responded, I love you back. We then discovered she had a bit of a foul mouth and kept swearing, much to our amusement. Jesse had been on the same roof for three days and there were concerns that she may be injured, which is why she hadn't come down. Thankfully, it soon became apparent that Jesse was fine and uninjured. And that, uh, I don't think any of these stories are going to uh, satisfy our need. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. Um. Okay, guys. Okay, guys, it's kicking off online because no one can listen to the show online. Um, and, you know, part of me thinks, what's the point of doing the show if no one can listen to it? If you're listening on YouTube, you can hear the show because it's coming through the headphones. It's not great. It's not it's not HD quality, but it's coming through the thing. But everyone's saying that the uh, Talk Radio app, the Talk Radio website, TuneIn and Radio Player, they just, they just drop. The feed just drops during... Oh, only during my show, the most popular late-night phoning show in Britain. Um, so part of me thinks, well, if there's only 221 people listening, which is the figures, um, uh, uh, it, 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 which are the figures for the people watching on YouTube, right? 219, 220 people now listening. What's the, what's the point? What's the, what's the, what is what is the point in me doing this and and the conclusion i come to is there is no point so for the last 30 minutes we're going to sit here i'm going to read my i'm going to turn the light on and i'm going to read my james taylor book to myself because i'm enjoying it um he's uh he's we're up about 1978 he's still a heroin addict and he's still married to Carly Simon, but I don't think that's going to last much longer. Um, I might read it to you. Actually. I'll read the James Taylor book to you, right? And if you if you want to call in, we'll take call straight to air for the last thirty minutes. If you want to call in, you can do. Otherwise, you're going to sit and you know, two hundred and twenty-eight of you 
are going to sit and listen to me reading my James Taylor book for the last 35, 30 minutes of the show. There's no point, there's no point in me bringing out the big guns if we're not broadcasting. Is there? There's no point. There's no point in me working my magic if, um, if it's not broadcasting. So, there we go. There's the camera there. Let's turn the light on because I can't see in this light. My eyes are getting worse, man. I need to, um, I need to go to the office. Get that sorted, man. I need to go to the oppies. Uh, now I find out I've not got my James Taylor book. Yes, man! James Taylor! Sweet Dreams and Flying Machines. The Life and Music of James Taylor by Mark Rabovsky. We're quite far in. I think it's, it's going to be one of those books, and I really dislike these biographies where I, I like it I like books. I like the um, lives of pop stars when it goes wrong. When they, so you have the success, and I like the bit when the success turns and then the down. So for James Taylor, that would be the 80s and the 90s. But we're on page 247, and it only goes up to 305. So we, I, I don't think we're going to get much. So I'm going to read it, and if you want to phone in, we'll do call straight to air. I'll just do this. I'll wear my headphones, I suppose. Um, yes, line one. Okay, here we go. Um, Okay, Taylor was still hot property. On May the 12th, he was back at the, as a musical guest on Saturday Night Live, hosted by Michael Palin, the one with the classic Raging Queen sketch, with John Belushi, captain of the all-gay ship on its journey to Mykonos, Kronos, and San Francisco, and Danny Aykroyd as Jimmy Carter, presenting the Boulevard of Proud Chicano Cars. Hello, caller. Hello, is that Ian? Yes, you're on the air. Oh, hi, Ian. Oh, do you know what? I've been meaning to talk to you for ages. I've got a lot of things going on. Can you help me? Of course I can. Uh, could, you, uh, could you not be on speakerphone? Sorry. What's wrong with people holding phones these days? Hey. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Can you turn... Right. Turn the radio off and hold the right. phone by your, by your head. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's like really wrong, isn't it? You know, I listen to you all the time. I should know the rules. You should know the rules, Vanessa. Come on now. Don't don't make me chastise um, you. Oh yeah, come on. I think you're really missing Catherine. Yeah. Who? Catherine Boyle. Um, is she a caller to the show? <laughs> She's your. What do you call it? Producer? Your co-presenter? Or... I kind of. Well, I kind of. Yeah. I, I kind of produce the show myself. Um, and there's mm. no. There's no co. No co. No oh, co-presenters. No, no. Oh, sorry. All right then. Uh, um, best wishes to everybody. But um, I really wanted to say, like, I'm just about to move house, and you've just moved. So, like, it's a headache, isn't it? It's moving house is the is the worst thing ever. And I didn't have any furniture to move. I just had boxes. I've got a whole house, well, two bedroom house that I need to move. Yeah. And do you, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. Because the place I'm moving into is already furnished, so I don't need oh. any of my stuff. Oh. 
So, well, then you need to get rid of leave, right. leave your stuff out on the street. Really? Is that yeah. what people do now? Leave it out on the street. <laughs> um, and Seriously, I, I can't. I've got a whole two-bedroom house, beds and white goods and cookers and microwaves and cutlery and plates and chuck I don't it. know. Chuck it. Saucepans. They're too good to chug. I can't chuck them. Sell it. Well, I was. Was there anyone that like needs anything? Where can I like apart from charity shops? Okay. Well, like, but they don't. Okay. They don't collect white goods, or they only collect stuff that's only got certain. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading a book about James Taylor at the moment. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like James Taylor. That's great. Thank you. Let's go to line two, and then we'll carry on with the book. Hello, line two. Hello, Ian. How are you? Oh, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Ian, just a quick question. Yes. Do you think talk radio will ever get a radio frequency like, obviously, talk sports, but one and obviously make the whole thing a lot easier and just listen on the old, no. just listen to the old transistor? No. Why is that? Because it's, it's a DAB station, and um, it, you, it's to do with licensing and getting an FM or a medium wave license is really tough and expensive and... Um, right. uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't want to make the investment. I don't think. Um, so no. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Just thought I'd ask anyway. Thanks very much indeed. The show was just like Taylor, moving toward the end of its golden era, with Belushi and Aykroyd soon to join the already departed Chevy Chase's full-time movie stores. Taylor sang, "Johnny Comes Back," up on the roof, up on the roof, a mill worker. Preparatory to going out, back by the section, Sanborn, Gronick, Wachtel, Lasley and McCullough, on a six-week 17-city summer tour with stops in LA's Greek Theatre, Berkeley's Greek Theatre and Madison Square Greek Gardens. He would also reappear in the pages of Rolling Stone in a September cover story interview with Peter Herbst. His steely blue eyes glaring on the cover and a two-page spread on the inside of him shirtless staring blankly as a pair of shapely female legs and arms, not Carly Simons, wrapped around him. A blurb beneath the image reading, I want to perform, I wanted to write songs, and I wanted to get lots of chicks. His original reason for going to England, a mission surely accomplished. But being James Taylor, he was not without the usual fears and insecurity. He admitted it had made him a little crazy to read Kit Rackless's now yellowed stone rip job of In the Pocket, which he said had really changed my opinion of the album. It sunk me, and I've decided two things about critics since then. I've decided that it's not worth my while to read them until somebody tells me it's okay to read them. And the other thing is that it's okay for people to not like what you do. Ooh, there's a line. There's a line, James. Thank you. It's okay to put out an album that nobody likes at all. If that was a reach, so was his latest suggestion that his drugged-out, depressed days were done. I'm not saying I'm depressed, because I've learned to deal with that largely. My tendency is to crawl into a hole and poison myself, intoxicate myself. But my family, not only the children, but Carly, has moved away, moved me away from the way... I used to deal with it, which was completely over-touted drug problem. I don't understand what any of that means. 
Taylor was highly skilled now in the art of deception about this subject. While not saying he was off drugs, the inference was couched in careful language that a politician could envy. For example, he said he had gotten off of methadone in 74 and that I've been careful to make it work for me ever since, whatever that meant. Other bromides included, if I wanted to get really drunk and all effed up, I'd have to worry about whether or not I would hear the baby crying if it fell out, excuse me, a little burp there, if it fell out of the crib. And I'm not saying that I'm free of all my problems, because there's always that temptation, and some people say that it may even be hereditary. But I think that a jump rope can be as helpful to a depression as two years on methadone maintenance or five years in psychotherapy. Performing two was a prophylaxis. Among his, among his preparations for a tour was no smoke, no coke. One reason why his voice was always, always so pristine. But what about after a tour? He forgot to say. We'll do, we've got three more paragraphs and then we'll do the break and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll finish reading off this James Taylor book. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Hope you are as well. He was, as well, quite adept at the art of the self-put-down claiming it was harder than ever for him to write, even focused now that he could never write another fire and rain, given his complacency, and moreover had grown rather bored with himself. I've written a hundred songs, and I think that's a lot of songs. That's not a bad James Taylor impression, by the way. A lot of them are repetitive, and a number of them are lightweight. I was going to open the tour with Blossom, but Blossom sort of bothers me. It seems so floral, so cute. Actually, there are so many songs that came after it in that mode that are really a drag. If so, it was this unsettled, gnawing unease that would keep him writing and performing for the next four decades. Indeed, that he suffered for his work was, he admitted, partly why the competitive nature of his marriage had caused tensions between himself and Simon, as Carly Simon, tensions, tensions that might not be worth the grief. Maybe I shouldn't be out here trying to rock and roll for the people anymore, he mused. You know... I got a wife, I got a couple of kids, I'm getting older. I'm not a country artist. Maybe I can't do this forever. I used to think of the age of 35 as being the cutoff point, but I don't know if that makes sense anymore. And on that bombshell, we'll take a brief break and we'll be back shortly after these messages. The radio show where the owls are not what they seem. Do you or have you ever watched Twin Peaks? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. We could be dreaming and meeting each other in our dreams. On Talk Radio. Oh man, I got, I got that poison coffee on my book. Um, let's take this call. Call straight to air, otherwise I'm going to read James Taylor. Because there's, no, there's no point doing the good stuff because the stream is down. There's 220 people listening to us on YouTube. Hello? This is Sergeant Peppers, isn't it? Good morning! Good morning! Good... Okay, let's go to line two. Hello, line two. Uh, let, let us begin with um, the great Gatsby. Okay, Chap thank you very much. Um, for all their private turmoil and mutually assured destruction, the Taylors were still the couple most likely to make people agog. It was always in... By the way, Carly Simon. What's the cup? What's the album cover where it's her in a negligee and boots? Uh, it was always an electric moment when they were seen together, such as when Vineyard residents were up in arms in 1980 that a McDonald's was going to open there. Suddenly, forgetting his working-class sensibilities on flag, Taylor and Simon were aghast. Have we had the word aghast? No, we had a gog. 
that the delicate beauty of the seaside town would be spoiled. I love a McDonald's. I, I don't have a problem with a McDonald's. Uh, then too, Hugh Taylor, now married and a father of two, his son named Isaac, that's his bro- James Taylor's brother, had forsaken music to get into real estate in the vineyard where Kate and Livingston, his sister and his other brother, were also raising families. Isaac Taylor too was not far away living in Boston. I'm going to be honest, we've really we've picked up this book at quite a boring period. Uh, we've got quite a boring period in his life. I could go back and find like you know a good heroin story or. But this is where we are. This is where we are. This is life, man. This is what we've ended up with. Um, he was as well. This is a boring bit. Um, thus property values were much on James's mind. Notwithstanding the jobs, the fast food joint would provide for less than rich denizens. He and Carly actually consulted Tom Hayden, the former Chicago 8 activist, who, with his wife, Jane Fonda, was in their L.A. circle. On Hayden's peculiar sense of what people power meant in this case, they went door to door gathering signatures from their wealthy neighbours vowing to boycott the restaurant should it open. When the corporate giant surrendered, a huge party was thrown at their home, where the, se- the where the swells celebrated victory over the encroaching Big Mac empire. At such events, and of course in public, Simon was always the one who grabbed the attention, which, despite Taylor's insistence that he was no party animal, began to bug him, especially since her recording output was greater than his, even if she too was seeing uneven chart rankings. Her 1979 LP, Spy, barely crept into the top 50, and Come Upstairs a year later, her first of three albums for Warner, was only marginally better at number 36, though it did spawn Jesse, mercifully, a non-Taylor-related song that ran to number 11 on the pop chart. She was also giving her own interviews and seemingly digging into his ego and sexist impulses, such as saying he was the type whose idea of womanhood was having his wife stay home and bake pies. She wanted to come off as merely rakish, but Taylor felt the bite of such words. He knew he was no bargain. He could be a real prick, given to what he called black moods, a type of despair that I experience as being very deep. He credited Simon for coping with it, acceding when he would tell her to answer the phone for me and ask her for some reassurance. Hello, line one. Uh, my beard is itchy. We'll give it a scratch. We'll give it a scratch. Carly's having a rough time right now, he said. She feels hurt and disillusioned, and I don't blame her. He said, it's harder for her to do it without many other outlets and also feeling much more restricted by family life and raising children than I appear. Basically, James Taylor is a bit of a, a bit of a knob in the 70s. Um, OK, there's a, there's a man pretending to be a woman on YouTube, so that's which is unusual. But when he read, when he would read a Simon interview in, say, People, he'd throw the magazine down with an expletive. Their friends could feel the bitterness growing. Taylor did not seem to object to the continuing A-list status he had. He also was serious, in his own limited way, about having two young kids to raise, but seemed to have a phobia of giving too much of himself and his time even to his family. Heroin, on the other hand, he always had time for. Here we go. Even after one of his endless promises to Simon to go to rehab for real, 
Simon apparently was going out of her mind trying to raise the kids with him coming in and out, sometimes late, late at night with people she did or didn't know, all of whom were as jacked up as he was. One time, according to Jacob Brackman, Carly walked into the living room to find James and Betsy Asher snorting coke, his own manager's wife, at a time when Peter Asher was insisting on shutting down Taylor's drug use. Simon, who was at her wit's end, recalled that in not knowing how to help, I became even more helpless and foolish and more of a deterrent to his stopping, given how he turned on her whenever she would issue ultimatums. Drugs, drugs, guys. Don't do... Don't do drugs, guys. It's as simple as that. Certainly don't do heroin. Um, you don't need me to tell you that, though, do you? Or do you? If you want this, this tedium to stop, you've got to pick up the phone. Simple as that. But I know that we're probably not broadcasting right now. So there's hardly, you know, I'm not going to bring out the big guns for when we're not broadcasting. Simon went through their houses and apartments daily on bloodhound hunts for drugs, flushing whatever she found down the toilet. She tried to preserve her sanity by spending most of her time living with the kids in her sprawling 12-room Central Park West apartment, keeping their distance from his rustic digs up at the vineyard or the rented house out in Beverly Hills. When he was at home, things could get hairy. Doesn't this sound like a loving relationship? Despite Taylor's off-stated aversion to being a party animal, there were more than a few at his house, which friends describe as wild. One attendee told of seeing a couple openly effing on the kitchen floor and said that there were always lots of drugs. If so, that would have made Simon a hypocrite, even if she didn't join in on the drug rituals. Let's go to line. Uh, yes, line one, you're on the wireless. Hey, man, you all right? Yeah, man. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go on. Do you ever read, do you ever read fiction? N not very often, no. All I read are rock biographies. Come in, Paul Ross. Come in, Paul. Come in, you, you terrifying man. All I read are rock biographies, really. Do you not? Yeah, but how can you escape to into biographies? You don't find that if you read a bit of fiction, you can sort of escape into it. I can escape into it. Well, first I do read a bit of fiction, a bit of Vonnegut every now and then. But no, I, I can escape into a rock biography. I, I love a good uh, biography. Yeah, oh, no, I can escape into I'm escaping into James Taylor's 1980 heroin hell. I know, I've been watching while I've been playing GCA. Good for you, man. It's a, it's, here's the thing. Paul, Paul Ross is in the studio. Good evening, Paul Ross. Do Good I, evening, Tom. on the line to us. Hello, the Tom. last month, we've had people saying that the online stream between about 11 and 1 goes down. So, they, so, and people tonight, around about midnight, everyone went, we can't hear you online anymore. It'll pick up for your show. Don't worry. There seems to be some glitch in the system. So what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> We're one big well, happy family, like the Mensons. Well, yeah, now that... Um, Matthew Wright's coming here. I don't know. So, um, so he, he is. But so I kind of think, well, for the last hour, there's no point in me bringing out the big. Yeah, I loved your book at bedtime. That's, I mean, he's a fascinating man, James Taylor. Yes. And talking of which, Tom, I know you. Like, I like a bit of fiction as well, but I've got a great biographer on tonight. Yeah. I'm a bit of a Napoleon obsessive. Okay. There's a new book out called This Dark Business. Yeah. It's a revelation about for four years, this country did their utmost to assassinate Napoleon. We wow. tried to blow him up. We paid in the region of two and a half million pounds to the Austrian army to stay in a battle against him. Absolutely fascinating story. And the book's got it chapter and verse. Wow. And, it's in the, and that's why the, the French still regard him as a huge hero. We tend to regard him as a kind of proto late 17th, early, early 19th century Hitler. He yeah. wasn't out at all, I don't think, for reading this book. A, when, when, you know when you, you read the book, you think everything I knew and thought was wrong. 
It's like that. I swallowed the propaganda. How, right, history books that are about things that are that old. How do they find new stuff? Or is it just sim- someone simply looking at the, the evidence that's been, that everyone else has looked at from a slightly different well, also, perspective? You know, history, as, as we know, is written by the victors. Yeah. And we had, a, you know, happily for us, we beat Napoleon back in 1815 at the Battle of Waterloo. Yeah. Interestingly, having tried for four years, I must have killed him. We didn't kill him. We exiled him for the second time. And right. there's a great revelation about that in this book. Wow. I mean, it's a fascinating story. But also, a lot of this stuff was from the Secret Service. It was led by a bloke called, I think his name was William Wickham. One spy went over there to assassinate him. They imprisoned him. Right, this guy offered a bounty of what, in today's money, a hundred thousand pounds to the jailers, and they let him out. He bust out. Wow. It's a fantastic. It's a movie waiting to happen. Haley, if I could have an out time, please, that would be absolutely delightful. Uh, Dom, we've got Paul Ross here. Would you like to ask him anything? Um, hmm. No, is the I always stuff on Twitter. You what? I've got I always ask him stuff on Twitter and he oh, right. because he's a good like that. He's, oh, yeah. he's good like that. No, I do like a bit of Twitter, actually. I'm, I take your point about it. Sometimes it feels a bit like not your good rabbit hole, disappearing down a rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, but yeah. I try and stay away now from politics and all that stuff. It yeah. gets a bit too heated don't, for me. Don't put an opinion on there. No. Although As my dad used to say, opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got a couple. You say armpits? Or, uh, he said something else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Dom, yeah. Uh, thank you very much. What else is on your show tonight, please, Paul? Uh, we're also talking, there's a brilliant thing happening this weekend. We tend towards the middle of the week onwards to look at things happening this weekend. This has been going 30 years. It may not sound that exciting, but it's amazing. I went about five years ago. It's called Bird Fair, and okay. it happens in Rutland. It's two days, not just birds. They're talking about rewilding wolves. Great guys like Chris Pack and Bill Oddie along there, and they're raising money this year. And they've raised something like, over the last 30 years, they've raised about £8 million. Pounds. Yeah. They're raising money for what could be the biggest national park in Argentina if they can reclaim it. It's an amazing story. So wow. we're doing that, which I'm looking forward to as well. And, okay, keep calm. Yeah. National Allotment Week. Oh, mate. I've just, there there's you go. allotments directly opposite my farm. See? I love it. It's everyone's dream when you hit a certain yeah, age, yeah, is yeah. it? When the grey starts to appear, the silver wait, threads are on the road. The waiting gold. list for allotments is years. 90,000 people in England alone are waiting for an allotment. Isn't that funny? And it's a kind of working class zen, I think. Remember when they used to be shouting? When isn't there shouting in Walford? Yeah. Where would Arthur Fowler go? Yeah. Down the allotment. My dad had an allotment when we were kids. Yep. And it was quite a trek away. It was a but did you go with him? Was it a kind of nice bonding thing ever? I did. Do you know what? I've, I've, I haven't thought about that for years. Yeah, we did go occasionally. I remember going down, but then there came a point when, you know, I, I hit 13, 14, the spot started to appear, too cool for school. Yeah. I stopped going. But luckily, because I'm the youngest of five boys, the kind of allotment baton was passed down through yeah. the family. So we've all got memories of going down to Dad's allotment. What? what, what and the magazines I found there once, Dad, <laughs> if you're listening online in France. The magazines are Razzle Dad. Remember that? Did he, did he really? I, uh, he claimed they weren't his. Oh, he said they were my Uncle Steve's and they may have been. Do you know what? That's Thank you, Paul. Remind me of this, Haley. This is tomorrow's phone-in. Where did your dad used to hide his jazz mags? My dad... <laughs> this is a great phone-in. My dad used to hide them at the bottom of his wardrobe under his shoes. And I remember finding them when I was very young and thinking, what the hell is this? I don't know what it is, but I like it. That's tomorrow's phone in. Thank you. Paul Ross! That's, that's golden. Why Lesson of complaint, done? please, care of Ian Lee, not Paul Ross, Esquire. <laughs> and Paul we're not really a happy family at all. Oh, God, no. Uh, it's very, uh, we hate each other. Paul Ross will be on at one o'clock. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, James. I will be back tonight at ten. Until then, and the, the, the stream will start working in three minutes, which is great. Until then, from me, ta-ta!